0: Hey, what's up, fake nerds? I'm Sparks Witty. This is Ryan Eliopoulos. That's Brandon T. McClure. Welcome to Shark Week. Woo! We're gonna be talking about great whites, hammerheads, all the little nursing sharks. We're gonna get into all of it. The sand tiger sharks. We're gonna go diving on this special. I hope you're ready. Ben's not here, cause he got eaten. All right, let's go. I love whale sharks. They're like the size of whales, but they're sharks. Nah, but in all seriousness, we're here, and we're going to talk about Paper Girls, and uh, the comic versus the show, and we're just happy to be back for a regular episode. There's a, t- a bunch of news, but no Comic-Con news. You want to check out the Comic-Con news, go check out our special, which Brandon will plug in a second, but we're just talking about all the other news that happened while we've been away. It's, there's almost a, there's a three and a half hour Comic-Con podcast.
1: Enjoy it! <laughs> Eat it!
0: I think I just had a heart
1: attack. Good. Wake up. Put on a little makeup. Mic- an- I was so uh, I was in the hospital and my dad was watching TV and there was Shark Week. Yeah, uh, every year. And and uh uh, The Rock did it. Yes, The Rock was the MC
0: this year, which they've never had a proper like host between specials uh-huh. kind of thing. So this was this year it was The Rock. Fascinating. <clears throat> uh, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool uh some some good some good specials this year and i'll be honest some some pretty some pretty weak ones yeah
2: but did the hierarchy of the shark universe change after Mm. the rock was on it did it
0: yes but not because the shark was on it Mm, got it okay okay. not because the shark not because of uh yeah not because the rock (laughs) was on it sorry um i will say like uh there's this there's this guy who he keeps getting he's got two specials this year um and he's a scientist who like he goes out of his way for his shark week specials to be about sharks that don't get talked about or that might be extinct uh-huh. or that are rarely seen that's cool and this year he found three species of shark that have never been caught on film before three uh three and he he was able to find all three <laughs> of them that he was looking for which is that's never happened to him before it was a big win so uh really really just happy to see that kind of shit because like that's where shark week shines
2: it's nice that Years later, like we could still do cool shit every single week. That's
0: nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is really cool. I actually, I, I, uh, I always love hearing Sparks talk about Shark Week. I love Shark Week.
0: It, all the, all the like smaller scale ones, like the one I just mentioned, have been the better specials this year. Like a lot of the big ones have just not delivered mm-hmm. or been. I have to be honest, like badly produced.
3: Mm-hmm. A lot
0: of bad editing this year, and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like floored by it. I did, um, I follow a lot of, a few shark scientists who don't show up on Shark Week, who kind of are like, hey, this is where, like, Shark Week falls short sometimes, and they they do that kind of criticism every time it comes around, and one of them was talking about the fact that, like, they're having trouble getting video editors to do anything that isn't related to Great Whites, Mm. anyone to pick up jobs that aren't related to Great Whites, like, just not getting people to do it, and I'm like... People just don't want to sit through a bunch of shark footage unless the Great White's in it. And I'm like, that's stupid. There's so many cool sharks that you can look at that don't have to be Great White's. That's shark- ridiculous. That's sharkist.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, well, <clears throat> so let's plug some links, because we haven't done a regular episode in quite a while. Nope. Uh, but we have been quite busy. Um, first, let me just say uh, I'm very sorry that uh, the posting has been so slow uh, in the time between our last episode and now. Um my dad was in the hospital, my mom has COVID, and now I have COVID. So it's been, it's been a time. Are you the only person who hasn't gotten COVID yet? Of the thick nerds? Yeah. Yes. Nice. Uh, where's Wood?
0: Knock, 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 knock. <laughs> There's Wood behind this uh, image of the
1: paper girls, trust <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was so upset. And, uh, and then, like, the day I got it, Ben was like, I'm negative. See ya, bitches. And he just, like, blasted off to Europe. I I really sure hope he's negative. (laughs) I think we all have the same thought. I'm
2: I'm positive one day, negative the
0: next. Let's immediately go. I hope he's actually negative. He's very lucky
1: they don't... I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) What did you say, Sparks?
0: I said, I'm glad Ryan said something because I wasn't going to say anything. I
1: I was thinking the same thing. I'm happy
0: he gets to do his trip. Hell yeah. Me too. Happy he gets
1: a vacation. He deserves it. Absolutely. He's very lucky that you don't need two negative tests anymore to go anywhere. Not in 2022, baby. I almost said 2021. <laughs> um okay, but we did but we did put up a lot of stuff. And um so let's 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 go through some of it. I'll I'll plug some of my personal stuff. There was a lot of stuff that went up for me for screen rant. I have been really spacing on my job real quickly. My editors know I'm taking a bit of a, a leave um because of everything going on. But there are some stuff in screen rant, some new stuff if you're interested, some MCU stuff, some um I think there's a Taika Waititi list that went up, um, so stuff like that you could check out if you'd like. Um, oh, a Harley Quinn list because Harley Quinn. Uh, so, so the Harley Quinn season three trailer is not in our news because the show came out. Showed out. Yep, yep. Uh, In the time that we that we've been gone, uh, but I did put up. If it, it's been so long, it's been 2020 was when season two came out. So I was like, um, here's a list of ten things you may have forgotten from the first two seasons. Right so check that out if you'd like um, there's also a revisiting the Infinity Saga um, only one uh, so again so is just very behind but like I did uh, it's called he, If He Be Worthy and it is about uh, the moment where Thor becomes worthy again in uh, the first Thor movie um, you know the moment when he's dying and you hear Odin's Odin, Odin's whisper and the destroyer when the, just shoots up in the sky Freaking love that moment. Uh, so I wrote about that. Um, really like that movie. And part of it was because I was I was hating the revisionist history that was going on. Like oh, I remember when Thor was such a great movie, and Thor: Love and Thunder is such a crap movie. I'm like, guys, shut up. You weren't there. I was there. In the trenches. And then Grayson Live. Uh, ben is not here to plug it, but. Uh, the the oh, two, four, six episodes that he put up of uh, Ben Magnan and Grayson Live collaboration of Super Mario World, three, Super Mario 3D World are there. I didn't put them up individually. I put the playlist in the description so you can check that out because um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that was a nightmare. <laughs> that would be a nightmare listing all of those.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, but yeah, so uh, six episodes for you guys. If you guys haven't been catching up, it's there now for our stuff uh, as sparks said there is a uh, as sparks and ryan said actually there's a three and a half hour episode where we discuss comic-con news so all the news from comic-con um all the big news from comic-con that uh that that came out we, we did put up a special for that that both is now audio and video um you can find both of those links below um we just break down everything that they all the cool stuff that they did good conversations agreed um mike's impossible movie trivia challenge that was uh something we did in lieu of an episode uh two weeks ago uh for how to train your dragon mike Patola came back we love him we loved we had a great time uh that's audio and video as well you can check that out that's linked below if you haven't already yeah highly recommend great time Mm -hmm. um we have a few fakeners watches so the final part of stranger things Strange New Worlds, The Boys and Miss Marvel all came up in the time between this episode and the last. Nice. Um if you haven't watched those episodes at this point, uh, go go ahead. Uh, we had a we had a great time talking about Miss Marvel. Um yeah. we had a great time talking about The Boys. The Boys is great. Uh Strange New Worlds, all of them fun. Check them out. Yeah,
0: please please if you go check out our Strange New Worlds if you're watching the show cuz it's it's one of my
1: favorites of the year. Really. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Interesting. Cool. I'm excited. It's a good that.
3: show. Good TV um, is good TV.
1: Uh, Baseball Arcade Pause Menu I had an episode. Um, ben, I once again, can't plug it, but it was with uh, It was he talked about Kingdom Hearts with Alyssa Roca. Mm-hmm. Um, that is both audio and video. Um, and he says something on that episode. I needed something to listen to while I was driving home because I had just gotten the news that my dad was in the hospital. hmm so I decided to listen to that. I didn't understand any of it. I just needed something. To, I just needed a noise. Sure. Um, so he says he he says something in that episode that you would have had to torture me to get out of. <laughs> He's like, we when we were kids at Disneyland, we would run up to Cinderella uh, with fake swords and pretend to be the three musketeers. And I'm like, dude. He's <laughs> a kid. You're a cute kid. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that that that's that's the only thing i understood of that episode which <laughs> which makes me believe it was a good episode a good discussion of of kingdom hearts that was a good episode um and uh mortal Kombat x Part wow. four is back part four? back at it baby part four uh that's only video um what happened in that episode? It's the Combat Kids right? The, no. Uh, uh, the, the episode before was the Combat Kids. This is where they're
0: trying to stop Quan Chi because Quan right. Chi's like on the on the cusp of uh, bringing Shinop back, and
1: um, uh, Scorpion
0: Scorpion uh, doesn't see the full picture, so like he's he he has his grudge out with Sub Zero.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. I can talk to him, and mm. then they have the mis- a miscommunication. They're like, "We're actually friends." Yeah, yeah.
1: That's
0: why yeah. the episode is titled. Old grudges die hard.
1: Ooh. We uh we recorded those quite a while ago, but I'm happy to see them out. Yeah. Uh, uh so yeah, part four is is up if you guys want to check that out. And that's that are all the links that you can find in the description. One more part coming soon. How is it only five episodes?
0: It's only five. five all right, just, okay, it's like half the length of that first yeah. game. That's <laughs> yeah, true. that's right. Only Man. five parts.
1: Hopefully we can do uh XL not XL, um eleven. Eleven soon hell yeah baby all right so that's all the links you can check them out we work really hard on those we're really proud of a, a lot of those so you can check them out uh if you are interested who wants to go first with there i guess three weeks um i'll go first because i don't i don't have a
2: lot well i mean i have a lot but i i i don't have a lot uh in three weeks uh because my job is kicking my ass y'all but you know what it's okay because when you make money uh it all it all it all works out um so just, just cash money everywhere all day every day um but i did learn real quick now i'm a server you get taxed on your tips so i can't be spending all my tips because when i do my taxes i'm gonna get hit really hard super mm-hmm. hard so I, i'm glad they told me that before i start just throwing my money away mm-hmm. uh fun fact servers don't spend all your tip money that's rough it is rough but that's okay I still make, i'm still making fun um so um it's been three weeks i spent about a week and a half consuming and i'm not joking pretty much everything that resident evil has ever had to offer me.
0: yeah i noticed that.
2: Yeah. Um, the only thing I didn't rewatch were the Paul Thomas Anderson movies. We'll do be- that later. Because one, we'll do that later. <laughs> two, um, not not Paul that Thomas first... Anderson. What was it? Not Paul Thomas Anderson. Sorry, P.T. Uh, <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. Sorry, the not as critically acclaimed Oscar winning yeah. director. That'd be a movie. I'm that's a, that's movie. a
1: very different movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Besides that first Resident Evil, Resident Evil movie, I would say especially after revisiting the franchise, none of those movies are Resident Evil movies. They just have stuff (laughs) from the games. Mm -hmm. They are Mm -hmm. so far from what I would want a Resident Evil movie to be, especially now as I'm an adult and I revisit everything. I'm like, wow, they are so far removed from those games, except for, hey, look, who's here? It's that character. Um, So two Resident Evil things have come out in the last year that I did not watch. First was the Netflix show, which just came out recently. And there was Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which came out last year. Welcome to Raccoon City, is directed by Johan Roberts, who did 47 Meters Down and, the sh- and Strangers Pray at Night sequel.
0: Oh, shit. I love that sequel. Yeah,
2: so uh, I didn't watch Res- uh, Welcome to Raccoon City immediately because I heard really, really bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, I was in my Resident Evil mood, um, so I decided to give it a watch. Um, I really, really like it. I'm not gonna say it's a good movie, um, it's, it's, it's very much, and this is gonna be a bad comparison, but it's the closest one I could think of. We recently watched The Princess. And The Princess is a movie that is incredible, except for the script. And that's pretty much what happens in Welcome, Raccoon City. Yeah. Um, the script's pretty bad. When people are talking, it's pretty generic. It's None of the characters are like the characters from the games. Uh, they they are, certainly look more like them, and there are character aspects. But like they might as well just be original characters, um, except for one or two. Um, but besides that, besides the script being not as bad as The Princess, but like it's definitely the weakest quality, that movie is... It's shot like a John Carpenter movie. It's scored like a John Carpenter movie. It has the feel and atmosphere of a John Carpenter movie. Um, there's specifically the framing devices. It tells you what time of night it is. It says, you know, 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Ooh. That's directly directly lifted from Prince yeah. of Darkness. And has the exact same font. The exact same font from Prince of Darkness, too. So, like, I immediately know this guy is doing Carpenter on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the atmosphere, the look... Uh, it's shot really well for being a low budget movie. And up until the halfway point of the movie, I wasn't sure if they were in on the joke on how campy this movie is. Cause like, it's it's bad, but in a fun way, like in the way I'd want Resident Evil to be, right? But I wasn't sure if he knew what he was doing. And then halfway through the movie, the most incredible needle drop comedy moment happens that i've ever experienced in a movie and i'm not exaggerating i watched i've watched this scene 25 times on youtube now (laughs) i'm not joking it made me laugh so effing hard and like no this guy knows exactly what movie he's making exactly what movie he's making and that made me flip the script on it and then the last half of the movie i enjoyed so much while still having a weak script but all the zombie stuff is great all the action is great it's shot so well uh neil mcdonough i think that's his name he's he's been in a bunch of stuff like the blonde guy from uh 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 dark that guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, um yeah. he
2: plays the bad guy and he is chewing the scenery up so hard. He is he is He's, so
0: full. He's good at
2: that. yeah, he is so good. And I, and like when the movie is working, uh for me, I am loving it, loving it. Um, again, I'm not gonna call it a good movie, but for someone who appreciates camp, um and I wanted a more traditional Resident Evil movie, this is the movie everyone has been waiting for. But again, the fans are so fickle, and they're like, "This is Resident Evil. Resident Evil has never been great, y'all. It's always been poorly written." Because Resident, always... Evil, Resident Evil is a B movie franchise. Absolutely, it start, dude. That first game, like you've played it only a little bit, yeah. but like it is so poorly written. It's like, wow, you almost became a Jill sandwich because she got crushed. Like the absolute worst dialogue, and like the movie's doing that. So it's giving you what you want. Um, so I can't get mad at it too hard. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and I've been thinking about it so much, and I'm like. I must really like this movie if I'm thinking about it like two weeks later. Oh yeah, um, and that's really great. I love that. So after I did that,
0: God, I want to watch it now.
2: I will watch it with you for real. Yeah.
0: I, I, I we're we're planning to do a whole Resident Evil. Yeah, thing. yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I will revisit all this stuff uh, uh, for the future as well. Um, so after I did that, I wanted to watch Netflix's Resident Evil, which is a, which is a which they which they didn't say, but it's a sequel to the games because Albert Wesker is the main star of that of that franchise or of the of the series on Netflix, right? So I needed to remember what happened to Albert Wesker. So I watched Let's Plays for Resident Evil's 4, 5, and 6. Um, those are all games I played, except I never beat 6 because it's bad. And I, and it's truly bad now that I've like watched all the way through. But like Resident Evil 5, spoilers for a 14-year-old game. Albert Wesker gets killed by Chris Redfield in a, in a volcano fight like the Northmen. Uh, the end of Resident Evil 5 takes place in a volcano, and you fight super-powered Wesker. And he gets thrown into the lava Terminator style. Uh, so he's showing up in the future and they acknowledge, but Albert Wesker died in 2009. And I'm like, oh my God, this is canon. This is canon to the games while still being it's an entirely new thing. Well, remaking Resident Evil 1 with the Umbrella Corporation having a city and getting it taken over and like destroyed and stuff. So it's part remake, part sequel while also being an original story it takes place 30 years in the future with an entirely different story. Um, I think the show is incredible. It's very CW. It's more CW than I gave it credit for, not credit for than I thought it was going to be. It's very young adult, which I don't think anyone expected. It's very young adult drama stuff with the kids because there's the the present timeline with the kids of Wesker and then there's a future timeline where the entire world's an apocalypse. Um, I love both aspects of the show. I think it's awesome. I think the action's really good. Um, Lance Reddick as Wesker rules and without spoilers, he's able to give multiple different types of performances throughout the decades of Resident Evil that are so fun to see. Um, if you like Resident Evil and you like like the the vibe of evil corporations ruining the world for profit like Weyland-Yutani this is maybe the best Resident Evil has ever done at doing that because half the show is just about yeah we know we destroyed the world before but what if we what if we tried again and didn't though uh for money um and I just I had so much fun with it I had such a good time I think the effects are pretty good um yeah I, I it ends on a kind of cliffhanger where like if you don't get a second season, I'm going to be really pissed because like you deliberately ended the season in a way that's like, we have to continue because otherwise why would you end it like this? So I really hope it gets a second season. Um, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, Resident Evil 6 is still the worst thing Resident Evil has ever made, I think. Did, um, you,
1: did you watch Resident Evil Infinite Darkness?
2: <laughs> that was next on my list, my friend. Oh, I watched the first episode of Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. I thought it was boring as shit.
1: <laughs> pretty,
2: um, yeah. as someone who is very this familiar is the, this is the animated the animated yeah yeah, yeah. that came out a couple years ago yeah, yeah. um this takes place between resident evils fours at four and five um so i found the animations to be pretty stiff i found the characterization to be kind of boring the thing about resident evil the games are the characters are super archetypal and like leon he's a tough guy who no nonsense and jill is like she's and like i found it to be incredibly boring especially after watching all the games, the movie, this new series, I found it to be the thing that's actually from the games brought into an animated show to be the worst of them. Mm. I found it to be incredibly boring. Gotcha. Um, and that was only the first episode. But I also found the animations like, oh, this looks like PS3 kind of animation. Um, so I probably won't won't go back to that. Um, but yeah, I've been... I've just been so ingrained. I've watched, there's a guy named Completionist on YouTube. Ben's talked about him a bunch. I love him. He completes he completes games 100% of the way. So um, games that I, the only Resident Evil game I have not played was Resident Evil Code Veronica. And apparently that's also not great either. So I'm glad I didn't I didn't watch a whole Let's Play of that I just watched a 30 minute video on it. Um, the mm-hmm. lore of Resident Evil is so stupid. It's so fun. I, I find it really funny that the Resident Evil fandom has such a tight grasp on what they think is so important about resident evil
0: especially with resident evil fandom being like resident evil games and all that fandom and the anderson films yes and yeah and they are they are completely different but at the same time like the thing
2: that anderson does get is they are dumb fun and that those movies are dumb fun um but they just they they really lack a lot of a story structure i like from the games but um now that, we like, 20 years of Resident Evil stuff and, like, the games are back and they're better than ever. We're remaking two and three and four. And I'm like, it is such a good time to be a Resident Evil fan. Uh, people think, like, man, on the YouTube comments, like, man, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm like, is this, is, so is Welcome to Raccoon City the worst thing you've ever seen? Or is the Netflix show the worst thing you've ever seen? Because you're saying they're both the worst things you've ever seen. And I'm like, you guys just are never satisfied. I don't know how you can be satisfied when this is a franchise where Chris Redfield punches a, a punches a rock in a volcano to kill Albert Wesker. He literally punches a boulder that's bigger than he is, and it breaks it breaks into a million pieces. And I'm like, y'all, this is stupid shit. Like, this isn't high art. Uh, and it's just been really fun and reflective to be like, Resident Evil fans need to tone it down. They're not watching Spielberg movies here. They're watching it's stupid
1: zombie products. It's interesting. Because this happens a, a, to a lot of fandoms, mm-hmm. so, like, you know, they kind of like hold this, frankly, dumb franchise in in this high esteem, and you know, you see it a lot with like Star Wars. Not to like call anything dumb, because like everything's got value, but like, no, yeah, yeah. The the thing of like their memory of the thing is almost so different than what it is, yes. because may, maybe they didn't go back and revisit it. Like, you know, maybe they haven't like played the games in years and they and they're like, I remember this game being really great. I remember the like, I remember this, this and this happened and they don't necessarily remember the finer details of the more stupider yeah. aspects. I mean, that's only an ex- that's only explanation I could no, come up with that, out of my butt. That is 100% valid. And like, and again, like me calling Resident Evil,
2: the franchise, like stupid and dumb, that's not an insult like when i mean that i mean they are they are not taking themselves seriously they are they know what product they're making they are about bio organic monsters created from an evil corporation like they're not it doesn't take itself too seriously which is sometimes what happens in in other aspects of the franchise I'm like guys it's just
1: it's so silly. It's it such a dumb thing. It wasn't that long ago that the entire internet was thirsting after a monster in Resident Evil. Yeah, that, that was just a couple... That was last, last year, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah. Lady Bemescue, um, who was coming to DLC as a playable character in in the update. Um, but I, I just... I revitalized, like, how much I, I love Resident Evil. And, like, I think... I think the stuff that's come out recently is the best stuff that it's ever come out. Uh, and I just think it's funny that fans are, like, so against it. Because um, I think just, like people uh, camp is very subjective. And like, I understand people not liking camp, but I find it really hard to believe that you've played all the resident evil games and then come to one of these things. And you're like, Oh, this isn't representative of the games. I'm like, y'all, those games are fucking stupid. Sure.
3: Stupid.
2: Oh my God. Uh, but I've loved it. Uh, I had such a great time resident evil. um, That Resident Evil 8 DLC, which is called like uh, the end of Rose Apocalypse, which takes place in the future with the apocalypse of the the daughter of the main character, who's a monster man. Um, Thrilled about it. So excited.
0: I think there's also an amount, and I I might be off base, but I, I think this exists in the fandom. I don't think it's the predominant reason this is happening, but where you don't attribute the campiness to purposeful, you attribute the campiness to old age. When you get to a certain Mm. and so when you get to your remake thing, yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking of this is a weird example, but I'm thinking of the Evil Dead remake. Because when the Evil Dead remake came out, there's an amount of like, and it's it it did this. You want it to elevate Mm -hmm. the horror of it and make it more like modern level scary. Because like original Evil Dead wasn't campy in the way that Sam Raimi makes the later stuff campy. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But it feels campy by age yes 22. and so you want something to elevate that horror now and i think there is an amount of the resident evil fandom that comes to it thinking this is not inherent to the tone this is inherent to the time and i want something that's resident evil modern scary and and if you're chasing that you're going to be disappointed that that's actually a very very astute point yeah um i don't think that's yeah. the bulk of the fan, no, yeah, but yeah. i do think that's a chunk of it especially like younger audiences that don't believe that camp is part of it it's just part of age
2: yeah um like looking i'm gonna move on to my, my next thing soon but like um like resident evil 7 and 8 and resident evil remakes 2 and 3 which those have all come out in the last four years right um those are all the quote-unquote best written because like they are modern more modern sensibilities but like the silliness and the nonsense is still there it, it never went away it is still hella goofy um like the Like, the hardcore lore that each game just extrapolates and goes heavier and heavier. Like, Resident Evil 8 takes place in Europe, like, far away connected from the Resident Evil franchise. But by the time you get to the end of that game, you realize literally everything is connected. It's always been connected. And that's what's so fun about the franchise. Um, And I'm just... I'm really excited. It's like... I'm also bummed because Raccoon City did not do well. Mm -hmm. The Netflix show. uh, I'm sure it's doing fine, but, like, people don't seem to like it. I really like it. So, like, I'm just worried that, like... These next iterations are just going to get left behind, and then we're going to have to wait for the next next iterations. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like th- we
0: we got it right this time, though, right? Because these <laughs> things were doing things correctly, yeah, yeah, well, while also still being different enough. And again, like that.
1: Oh yeah, I, that the r- nope, sorry, this is the wrong Resident Evil. Yeah, uh, I was um, looking Resident Evil on Rotten Tomatoes real quickly.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I I've just been so 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 into Resident Evil. Um. I'm excited to be back in that universe. Um the next thing I did, I watched a season of a show called The Bear, which is on FX and Hulu. Oh, nice. And The Bear is probably going to win a bunch of awards, y'all. Uh The Bear is a is a drama about a man whose brother dies and his brother leaves the restaurant he works at in his will. So this the world's most famous chef, um he comes to work at his dead brother's sandwich shop in Chicago. And as someone who's worked in the restaurant industry my entire life, uh it is the most real shit I've ever seen in a television show. The drama is so real because I've experienced it, but also it's so well acted. It's so well shot. Um, There's one episode, episode seven, that is an entire one shot from the beginning of a day to the end of a shift Uh, uh, or not the end of a shift, but like, like one, basically one hour of of like the busiest day these people have ever, ever worked. Uh, Some one of the, the new ladies makes a mistake. And she, uh, you know, you can do DoorDash and Grubhub and stuff like that. She accidentally leaves the pre orders open on this on the thing, which they're never supposed to do. So when they enter the restaurant at 8 a.m., they have like 200 orders they have to do before they open. So it is a mad dash to get all this shit done. And it is a beautiful, like 20, 30 minute one shot of some of the most well acted, well choreographed stuff, deal, handling like stuff in a small kitchen, the camera work and the acting. And I'm like, I'm watching, I just was watching a one act play at this point. Um... It's so incredible.
3: Yeah, what's up, Cookie? It
2: is a good
1: show. Cookie, um, Cookie, real quickly says, <clears throat> "Can't say, but hello, gentlemen. Hope all is well. No, um, and uh, <laughs> uh, such a good show, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's only eight episodes, and like, there's a celebrity cameo who
2: shows up uh, for for like five seconds, but it's like the most impactful cameo that I've seen in a recent memory of like of like a big time actor showing up to be like the small part. Um, and by the end of that show, episode eight um there's like a revelation that just had me bawling crying like weeping and like i had had like a bucket of bucket like to hold all the water i was crying it was it was insane like it was unexpected because like the show has been emotional and dramatic but it wasn't like it wasn't like like crying but it happens at the end and i'm like and the show's already been renewed for season two it's so well deserved the main guy i forget his name but he was in shameless he's one of the kids in shameless oh yeah 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 and he is he is so phenomenal. Like he is, he is good. He's and like watching a bunch of interviews. Like he actually prepared and he trained at a bunch of like a bunch of kitchens and restaurants for like months at a time. Because like the most imp- the most impressive thing about the show is everyone's actually cooking and they're actually dicing and like it looks like they're chefs. They're doing real work. Jeremy Allen White. Jeremy Allen White. Thank you. That dude like guaranteed he's getting nominated for an Emmy like this year. Like he is exceptional. Yeah, and he, like
0: he and uh, um. Cal Kestis, the that actor. Yes, uh, the brothers on Shameless. Their, yeah, yeah. their whole like those two actors were so clear up and coming from Shameless. Uh Cameron Monaghan? Cameron Monahan. Yeah, both yeah. of them being really excellent on that show and especially playing off each other because they're around the same age brothers. Uh, uh, yeah, really great. Yeah, I, I, I Shameless is good.
2: Um yeah, but like God, the bear, like I I was so sad that it was over. Um uh, I'm so glad it got renewed because it is such a it is such a well crafted product. Uh, and again, it's like, it, there's not many shows that like show like how real, like being in a kitchen is and like how like being a manager is and like, because it's like, it's like boring shit. Like no one like thinks about like kitchen work, but like, w- like so- someone who just worked like a 10 hour shift on Saturday. got y'all, I'm telling y'all, it is, there's no more chaos than being in a kitchen when tickets just keep coming, keep coming, they keep coming and you're making 15 burgers at once. And you're just like, Ugh! it's like, it's so well done. Uh, it's so tense. And it's just like these
0: people are just making sandwiches. And I'm like, man, like it remains it's good shit. It remains strongly my opinion, the little socialist that I am, uh, that um restaurant workers should be making higher wage than than they are because their jobs are far more intensive than higher wage jobs in other positions. Very clear, very clear. Also very hot. Very hot in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Um so I did but they that... work
2: harder. Oh, you yeah. work harder. Yeah. Um, so Resident Evil the Bear. And then the last thing I did. I don't know, it's the only game I've really been playing the last couple of weeks is multiverses. The, the, mul- the, the beta is back. I'm going to talk about, yeah, yes. So multiverses is, so first of all, it has at one time on Steam 150,000 concurrent players. That's not including console players. So people are estimating between 250 000 and 300,000 people are playing this game at the same time. That is the most concurrent players of uh, people have been playing a fighting game in history. So this is the most the most, like, high-profile fighting game ever made. And it's only in beta right now. Um, It's because it's an incredible game. It's it's just the gameplay, it's so good. Every character is so well-crafted. There's so much personality. The, The 2v2 system is incredible because there's so many different combos you can do with different characters. Um... It's just like, it's, it's phenomenally made. And like, it's a free to play game. And as part of me, like, would I rather this be a $60 product where I just have like 30 characters? Or is this something that I would like, like to spend my time earning characters, you know, over time? And I, now that I'm here, I much prefer it being the Fortnite model because that will
0: keep me playing it for a lot longer
2: than it was just a traditional fighting
0: game. And, and importantly, like my favorite thing about it is, um, you will never have to pay to, to pay money to unlock a character. Yeah. You earn gold currency in by playing the game and that gold currency unlocks characters also they're going to rotate uh every few months or seasonally who is of freely available and who isn't Mm -hmm. so that you can try characters without having to necessarily use your earned currency to unlock them and see if you like them. And if you don't, you don't have to. Um, and I think that's also a smart model. It pissed me off at first because they locked a character and I wasn't expecting it that I was using. And I was like, Oh no, I have to get this one, (laughs) Um, Same, Yeah, yeah. which was Harley. They locked Harley Quinn on me. Um, but outside of that, I do think it's very smart because they're trying to give you every avenue to try these characters out. And you can do that in the practice lab as well. You can try any character and you could try them in any costume. The costumes and alternate variants do cost money either in the sense that you have to buy them separately or you have to buy the battle pass for the season to unlock them. Which is
2: standard in in in, in free to play free to play games at this point. But yeah.
0: but not but not like you still have to buy like you have to buy character models or buy them through the battle pass in Fortnite. and here it's like you can unlock a character just by playing the game. And that's, that's fine. It's everything else cosmetically, but you can get the character. And I think that's the most important part that I value about the free to play system is that they kept that part free to play.
3: Yeah.
2: The, the, there are tons of free to play games out there that I think that I think are out just to get your money. Uh, And this is a game where it's like, you really, you really don't have to spend money. You got to play the game a lot to unlock all the characters. But like they give you the option either way. Um, and the thing that is most like incredible about the game is every single character is is viable as a main. Every because like you get daily quests and weekly quests. Like oh, play as an assassin class, play as a mage, play as a support class, right? Uh, and there's some characters that I haven't really tried a lot, and then I'll have to try them for these missions, and it turns out they're awesome. Every character, even though I don't like playing as them, every character can be the best character in the game they just added lebron james the real person basketballer and he might be like the best character in the game for real he has a ball uh, like a dribbling move he can throw the ball and like pass the friends and slam dunk and i'm like lebron james is one of the best fighting game characters of all time what the what what is happening like you've told me stuff like like characters are happening in the future like they have they have plans for like years in the future um and like all the like the rick and morty's getting too. they just added the show me what you got stage to the game mm-hmm. um i'm just i'm so impressed yeah uh, i'm just so impressed with this game and then like i i play it at least like an hour every day just so i can do some of these missions because like every little bit of progress helps unlocking a new character unlocking a new skin this and that um like they always they always give you a reason to want to play it right and this is the beta the game's not even out yet so like when the game is out I'm going to be like I'm going to I'm going to buy every skin just like Fortnite like when you when you give me something good I want to give you money yeah so like I already know like I've seen like a leak of the 1940s like Superman skin uh or like
0: 1939 skin or whatever I'm like I'm definitely buying that Superman and skin. we oh and, yeah and we talked a bit about like leak characters that that were pretty likely and like this was back before iron giant and lebron came and they were on that list and so i'm like that that list is probably very accurate which means godzilla's on his way which i 100 percent believe iron uh, giant is they like have half the screen. iron giant work and he takes up half the screen he's huge so Godzilla is certainly on the way like i i can't wait i can't wait to see how they adapt the characters that are still coming and and integrate them but everything plays so well and the way that characters interact with each other um i didn't tell you but i bought um the announcer voice pack for bugs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um because i wanted it and uh it sounds it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun replacing the announcer just having bugs talk me through the entire game yeah yeah um and i love that you could do that with all the characters uh it's just it's just a good game i can't wait for you to get in on it brandon it's free free i know it's i know it's not normal your type of gameplay but i really want
1: you to jump in look i am stranded in monterey with no console no i know i did I would have gotten it by now
2: hey there's a character who can turn into a ball and you can throw the ball like knockout city so if you really just want to play knockout city in this game you can also do
1: that yeah there you go I, Ben, uh... enjoy
2: your vacation bro get out of here what are you oh, doing hello,
1: hello ben real quickly ben says hi guys good to see hi. you ben get the hell out of here from jolly good england um i uh yeah my my if i had known i was going to be up here th- this long i would have uh brought your console what about my console but sure
0: i i get it yeah uh just anywhere it's a it's a you can just put it on whenever you want it's a free game so you know when you're ready to hop in hop in and try it out and um another thing i like about it like i ryan and i both are the same we like playing against players um but if you want to just play against bots either by yourself or with friends you can do that and it counts towards your progress which is really important. They don't make that. So that's so like you can play against bots. If you're more comfortable with that, or if you're trying to learn a character or trying to do a specific thing to accomplish one of the missions to earn the in-game currency, you can do that. And they count it. They count it towards your progress. They don't, they don't say, Oh, this doesn't count because you're fighting NPCs. Yeah. Yeah. They let that be a play lab where you can still work on bettering yourself with the characters and stuff. And that counts for you, which I think is great. It's
2: very player friendly. And the, the company who made it, it's called F- Player First Games. And like it, it it really feels like that. Like they're they're doing everything in their power, despite it being a free-to-play game, to give you as much like access to do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and like again, every character is so good. I started as like a Finn main, Finn from Adventure Time. And then like I started to do Shaggy a lot. And then I had a quest to play as like Superman. And I was like, okay, I'll play Superman. And then I played like 50 matches of Superman in a row. And now Superman is my main. And when I'm good, when I, when I'm on as Superman, it's Ooh. destructive, yeah. man. It is destructive. And like, no other character gives me that like feeling. Uh, Cause like in smash Bros., I also play as a big characters, like Ganondorf and Bowser. So I just like big beefy boys, which like, triple is triple uh, B's. Which is the same level I found myself at with the iron giant because I'm absolutely devastated. Bro, yeah. The iron, like, giant. iron giant like takes up so much space and like you'll get hit a lot. But if you're able to dish out that damage, like you can't get touched. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I just I I I think the game looks so good. Uh like they're gonna give out like a new character almost like once a month or every two months. And I'm like, that will keep me again, just like Well, Fortnite. and like we
0: don't know what the ba- what we don't know what the, uh, the, the first season battle pass will really have. Yeah. So we're gonna see what that's gonna look like. Cause the preseason battle pass has three character variants in it. It's mm-hmm. uh Jake in the it's Finn in the pajamas, Shagworthy, and um Cake. Yeah, yeah. Uh so we'll see who else comes. I'm so close, um, I'm like level 14, I'm one away. I'm yeah. there. Uh it's gonna be great. I'm I'm excited for Brandon to check it out. I'm excited to do more with it. It's gonna be it's gonna be the hot game for a while. Oh yeah. Um, I'm sure I did other stuff, but like I, it, none of it was or probably as important or anything.
2: So yeah. Real quick, Versus please. the
1: bear and Resident Evil, all of it. Yeah. Real quick, sparks, uh Ben still in the chat, and I am enjoying. We figured you were. We were we were serious. Uh wanted to say hi before <laughs> I went to sleep. Yes. Go to sleep. Good night, sir. Good night, uh, Mister uh, And then Second Street Marvel says I can't remember how I found the channel. Neither can I. I'll uh, tell you.
2: You typed in super cool nerd boys and then you found this channel.
1: We're the first street Marvel. But street happy part. you found us, I guess. Yeah, um, thank you. All right.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about some stuff. I meant to touch on this one uh, last time we did a regular episode, but I forgot. And it's Batman Unburied. I listened to the rest of that podcast and I pretty much hold to all my criticism I laid out the first time and my praise, um, except more so Uh, unfortunately I'm really sad to say that Winston Duke's Batman voice does absolutely not work for Mm. me Uh, but his Bruce Wayne is excellent Uh, he made choices that as just an audio program are not good and when he does his Batman voice he's usually quieter than everybody else on the show and it's just not not working (laughs) Um, sadly Uh, Batman Unburied is coming back for a second season um uh, i think we talked about that at some point in the news um they they do a pretty good job wrapping up the story that they're telling um i i think there's still good performances around and it's an interesting idea um honestly i was i was more in love with the first half where we got a lot of the lance reddick uh, as thomas wayne stuff Ooh, double lance reddick week yeah yeah because he was uh bruce was in an illusion where his parents were still alive kind of thing and uh honestly that whole side of the story was far more enjoyable than kind of where the second half ended up taking us um so they they do some cool stuff uh i think that it still has like some really bad cheap dialogue that Mm -hmm. just is like oh this doesn't work and like Winston Duke's cool. Um, Hassan Minaj is cool. He's playing the Riddler. That's right. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of great. Uh, the ladies are cool. Poison Ivy shows up in this, and she's great. But mm-hmm. like, everybody is weaker than Sam Witwer. Um, and Sam Witwer just knows what he's doing as a voice actor. And who's uh, he again? He is the uh, the Harvester. Oh, the new character. And, and he's just he's just superior in his performance than everyone else. And unfortunately not in a lot of the second half and it helps when that he's... he shows up, he just like puts everybody to shame with what he's doing. It helps that he's a
2: voice actor too, I bet.
0: It That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he, he elevates bad material to quite a degree. And so it's, it's, it's rough. And like, uh, originally I was thinking like, this was the thing is when I'd gotten through the first half of Batman, i I said, Oh, if I saw an anime project with these voices, I'd be like, yeah, cool. And I'm at the end of this. And I'm like, I really just want Sam Witwer in a Batman project. And, and maybe if someone let Winston Duke do a different Batman voice, because it's just, it's too much quiet Christian male. Oh. And it's it just doesn't work. And I'm like, I think Winston Duke could be a great Batman. He needs a different Batman voice. His Bruce Wayne voice is great. His Batman voice is not good. And they do weird things where, like, he's literally in a room with Barbara who knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but he's still talking like Batman in his Batman voice. And I'm like, I don't... I. Like I get that this means you're in the costume, can you but give like me, give I, me your best <clears throat> Winston Duke, Duke Batman. Batman impression. Yeah,
2: give me your best. Well, because I'm, I'm trying to imagine. You I'm say, trying to think of like a line from it. But you like, said Christian Bale, but like
0: softer. So it's like soft. So levels? it's quiet. So it's it's just quiet. It's almost like he's mumbling it. Oh. And that can be an audio level thing, or but it sounds like his performance where he like can't he doesn't want to push it to yelling, but because he's doing the gruffness, mm. it's saying low, like, computer, I need to. Look into the- like. like is it's getting like the, too close to the- Have you seen the I Pete Holmes called, Batman? The yes. Holmes Batman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not quite there. Yeah, yeah. And like Winston Duke has- The thing is like Winston Duke has a strong voice. Yeah. And so him choking it doesn't work. Yeah. And I feel like he would have done better to go the Kevin Conroy Conroy route where he just like makes a different force behind his voice rather than like- He just gruffs it up a little bit, yeah. Rather than like going the Christian Bale route. It just doesn't- It, it doesn't land. Um- or something even more like Patinson. The sounds... is like I think like the perfect, perfect one.
1: Really, it sounds like the same problem we had with What If.
0: Yeah, uh, like like a lack of
1: vocal direction. I do feel yeah. that. Because when you... when when What If had when when the voice when the actors in What If were actual voice actors, they outshined the ones who weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there
0: is a really, there is a beautiful moment where. Bruce sends himself kind of back into the illusion where his parents are alive. So it's Lance Reddick and, and his mom again. And and um, the whole reason why he like kind of stumbled into this situation is because he's punishing himself because he forgot for the first time in his life, he's, he's dating um, uh, the reporter that Bruce dates. Vicky Vale. Thank you. He's dating Vicky Vale and he's having such a good time that for the first time it, ever since his parents died, he forgot the anniversary of their death. Oh, And that, throws bruce like completely off kilter um and he goes back into the illusion and has his parents basically like give their give their blessing for him to be batman but not to carry the guilt basically to say like you don't need to be batman because of us mm-hmm. that sounds okay and you don't need to think of us and like that part of the story is really good and mm-hmm. everything else in the story is like okay not the best written stuff here all righty uh anyway
1: um those are my me, thoughts on it- it's kind of an expanded version of Batman Mask of the Phantasm when he is standing at the grave and he's like, I didn't expect to be happy. Yeah. Uh yes, it is. Um, yeah, and I think that's the thing is like it's
0: it's hurt by taking a lot of cues from just a lot of other better written Batman stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's most interesting things that are different, it doesn't spend enough time with. Um, and I just I, I wish it utilized the I cannot stress enough that I think when Winston Duke is being Bruce Wayne, I, I I'm so enraptured with him and I love it, and I would love to just What's see the... him take it on. But but his Batman voice just never works for me, and I wish that he had someone guide him to a different interpretation. What's the Bruce Wayne Batman ratio? Like how much is there? A There's lot... definitely more Bruce Wayne than Batman.
2: Okay, then I might still check it out.
0: Yeah, um, s- smartly there is there is far less. There is more Batman in the second half, which is why it's more prominent to me. And where we get into the scenes where I'm like. I don't understand why we're using the Batman voice here. You are only talking to a person who knows you're Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like just use your Bruce Wayne voice. It sounds far better.
2: I know it's, it's a, it's a different universe, but now that you're, you've jumped into the Superman or superhero podcast film, you should check out the Wolverine one. Oh, I want to. Yeah. it's, it's That's like legitimately long in, incredible.
0: Long, long in the tooth on my yeah, list. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of good superhero podcasts out there. The, the reason I chased this one is because I'm like, I Winston really like stuff. Winston Duke. And I really wanted to hear what he did with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And I love Sam Witwer. And I was listening to Sam Witwer do an interview about it. I know, man. And, Winston Duke has the potential to be such a great Batman. Um, just needs a different voice. That's really when you, when you get to the end of it, that's it. I want to talk about Hunter Hunter. I am over 100 episodes into that anime. That anime is great. That's the Yu Yu Hakusho creator. Yes. Uh, Hunter Hunter recently announced to be returning for new chapters soon. Um... Now I have something very specific I want to say about it, which is that, um, because I've been watching it and I've been mulling over these thoughts, and it's not just that our two main characters are allowed to fail at things or lose fights. It's that the concept of the world is different from how most shonen do it in the sense that they're very talented and very strong, especially for their age. And most characters recognize that about them. But power scaling is seen in like, and they even show this at one point, they have someone explain to them that like, your power is here. Like how strong you are is in this range and the enemies you're concerned with are in this range. But that means that them on their, on their worst day is not better than you on your best day. And so it's not like, Oh, I become the strongest and therefore I'm stronger than all these people regardless. And then, Oh no, here's an enemy who's stronger. Oh no, we got to like get our level up to here. It's, not Dragon Ball. it's that you're in the range and you just have to push yourself into the range and be strategic and know what you're doing and learn about your opponent and, and try to outmaneuver them to put them into their best case for your, their worst case for your best case.
1: It's a and whole show of Gohan's.
0: Sort of, but I mean like even Gohan, like even Dragon Ball really reduces it down to like, are you stronger than X? Yes, yeah. I transformed, therefore I am.
3: Yeah,
0: And it's very much in that range rather than like, you know, uh, this idea of if I just do this, the right way, I can beat an opponent who is arguably much stronger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hunter Hunter is just very good at executing on that idea and, and with that core idea, leaving the world to feel like, yes, these boys are very strong. It's very impressive. They will grow very quickly. However, there are plenty of other people and have been for forever who are stronger than them still. It's not like they are leading the force of the world of like, oh, and they are the strongest and the best until the enemy shows up and then they have to get even stronger and then there's nobody else that can like, there are plenty of people who they are encountering all the time who are constantly showing them, no, we're still, learning. we're still up and you still have a lot to learn. Uh, and it, the world always feels like it's still full of those people, even as they are, even as they are progressing and getting stronger. Uh, and I think the show just executes on that really well. That's cool. Um, that being said, the very the longest arc of the anime is the is the arc I'm in now, and they do this thing where they wanted to create a lot of diverse designs, and that's okay. But they get kind of sloppy. Um, what it is, very briefly, these things called chimera ants can uh, eat different animals, and then they when they reproduce, they reproduce with certain traits attached to those animals. Chimera, that's a good name for them. So yeah. so the chimera ants are the, the villains of this plot. Are they ants? They started that way. Oh. <laughs> um, and and so when you get the first generation of them, there's a lot of like, that a a uh, a human, but it's still mostly like got ant features and things. But we get to a point where like most of these ants now just look like I'm a lion that can walk on my back feet and wear clothes. <laughs> or, or I'm a, or I'm a I am a butterfly man and there's nothing else ant attached to it, though they are birthed by the same ant as the early generations that, that we first see. And I'm like, There's one that's literally just a penguin, just a talking penguin, and I'm like, there is no ant to this. (laughs) Like, and and also you can't convince me that the ant found every animal on the planet and ate them. Um, (laughs) Like in the small amount time we were doing, I've never seen another penguin before. Where did this penguin come from? So it it gets a little into like the weeds of. I get you just wanted to make a bunch of animal design bad guys. Mm Having them based in ants to start with, and then getting so goddamn far away from that visually gets like really, really murky at a certain point. There's literally one that just is a person. It's just a person. Like I, know, it's it's anyway. Um, that's that's my feeling on that. Hunter Hunter, it's cool. Hey guys, you remember Chainsaw Man? Mm. Chainsaw Man. Look, it's a bug man. That's that's the queen. That's the queen. She's a bug. That's cool. Bugly. Um, the. Chainsaw Man manga is back. Part two just started. Um, while we were away. The first two chapters are I out. saw a page on Twitter that I'm just like, oh my god, I read this thing. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. Um, part two is great. I'm super pleased to report that like the way part two is starting, it's it is just like brand new story. It's in the world of Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man is still, still, you know, a thing in this world. Um, this is a brand new start. This, like, You could jump into this story and like, it, it benefits you to have familiarity with Chainsaw Man and everything. You certainly should read part one, but I am glad that it feels like part one is a story and it didn't need this next chapter that they're doing. But it is a good new start. Um, I, I love this fresh new take that we're doing. And it's a strong start and it feels like a whole new separate thing. That anime is this year, right? That anime is this year. There's a new trailer coming out soon. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I want to talk about Craig of the Creek. I finally finished season three. So I'm now in season four of Craig of the Creek. Season three had this fantastic multi-episode finale, five parts of Capture the Flag uh, between one side of the Creek and the other side of the Creek. Um, Super important, super emotional stuff. Really love that season. All those episodes are fantastic. I specifically want to highlight one thing though. Um, In this batch of episodes of season three, Craig of the Creek had an episode where they meet a kid who brought their gerbil to the creek and early in the episode the gerbil got killed by a stray cat and they found it and they go to this kid and they they one of the one of the main three of our kids has a pet bird it is their it is their 37th pet bird um so they have gone through the loss of a pet before and it's a very good episode about her trying to guide this other kid through their grief for the loss of their first pet and not being good at it because their concept of grief is different. Mm -hmm. And it's both good in the fact of like showing how grieving is different for different people, given circumstances and also focusing on the loss of a pet for a child. And I don't think I've seen that in a child's cartoon before. And it was a very good episode of her constantly trying to do these things and getting frustrated because the other kid wouldn't let her in. And having to recognize like the way I look at this is not the way you look at this and finding a different way to be supportive and all that stuff. And and all focus on like the grief children go through when they lose a pet that they care about. Um, I just, I just don't see that on children's cartoons a lot. And I was so supremely moved. I was so impressed.
2: That's like modern cartoons. I mean, it's been happening for a while now, but like t- tackling extremely real things. And it's like,
0: kids need to understand this too. And like, we don't need to right. dumb it
2: down. Like, death is a part of life. And I was just, like
0: that. you know, like, it's a 10-minute episode, and I was so impressed with how they wrote the episode to, if, if you are a child watching this with a pet, this is a super great episode for deal, I- encountering that grief, or, like, you understand that grief, or you will understand that grief, and seeing that related to you. But even if you don't have a pet, you are still getting that concept of, like, when we lose something important, we grieve differently and that's still there too and i thought they did such a good job of handling it from both those sides that uh it, it really floored me
1: it's one of my favorite episodes i've ever seen oh
0: yeah
1: um, hiding, hiding children from emotions is not the way to go
0: yeah it was just uh craig of the creek's a great show guys and that 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 episode just blew me out of the water spider-man freshman year coming soon yeah i'm super stoked for that um in a similar vein of cartoons, I think Brandon did this too, so he might want to say some stuff. Uh, Boys Diabolical. I watched all did do this um They were all good. They were all good. Good to, uh, be good to hear. I was very impressed. Like that, That I don't know what it is about that trailer marketing. It just did not do a good job of giving me insight into what these shorts were going to be like. Um, I think they're all good for the thing they're trying to do. Um, some moments are weaker than others, but overall, uh, I, I really enjoy them. I really enjoy the way that they either live in the world or parallel to the world of the boys. Um I've watched like half that Homelander episode because of Twitter. Yeah. Uh I really like it. I I think it's I think it's very well executed and I'm I'm glad it's there because I like once we finished the boys season three, I really wanted it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and it it does provide just like this really nice ulterior uh look. And they're all going for like a different thing of how they're even though it's in the lens of the world of the boys, they're all going for something specific in there. Like, like we, it's, it's one of the most prominent is the, the laser baby episode. Mm-hmm. That is a, that is a classic Looney Tunes cartoon, 100% all the way oh. from top to bottom. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is shot. It is organized that way. It is storyboarded that way. And like uh, it, because it is cons- consistently and completely in that tone, like there's no dialogue. There's grunts, but there's no yeah, dialogue. No, there's, it, yeah,
1: so. there's no dialogue.
0: Um, so it's like a super old school Looney Tunes cartoon, and I think it's excellent for awesome. that. I think they do a great job executing on it. So it's like, put through its own lens, existing in the world of the boys, but like, very much knowing the thing it's going for, and I think that really works.
1: There's one episode um, by Justin Helpern, Rick and Morty? Mm-hmm. Roiland, Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, it's, all, it's about how, it's about this like, um all the kids who were uh uh like like all the kids that the parents got rid of because their superpowers wouldn't make them famous yeah like so it's like boob eyes or like um you can turn into a puddle of water but the puddle of water is has the 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 spanish flag in it um (laughs) yeah so all right okay (laughs) and so like it's all it's all like really horrible powers the reject powers the re- the reject powers and one of them is like ghost girl and she's a she's a ghost her power is that she's a ghost constantly she cannot eat she cannot touch anything she can she, she can be spoken to and speak to people and so like the whole the whole plot is like we want revenge on our parents mm-hmm. uh and that's the episode is that they have they go have revenge on their parents it's an incredible episode uh because like what it does really well and i won't say too much more about it but like what it does really well is what the boys does really well which is it's ridiculous it's bloody but it's also got a, a painful emotional core at the center of it
2: yeah i think that's what the marketing from what i remember they kind of just focus on like look it's really violent instead yes. of
1: showing us any of what like
2: the boys is actually good at as being like good drama and like human emotion uh which apparently like this show has so
0: that's mm-hmm.
2: it's focused on the, on the violence yeah. yeah
0: i i would agree um yeah, I, I I think it's well worth your time to to sit down and check them out, and you know it's eight eight short episodes. Are they like um, are they
2: twenty minutes
1: or thirty minutes? Uh,
0: they they vary from like the ten to fourteen minutes. Oh, like short, yeah, okay, that's easy. Uh, very
1: very quick to get through. I do hope they make another season of it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I really I really enjoyed
0: that. Um, so. Uh I this is a weird one. I just want to touch on it because like I I, I always want to sing her praises. I went and saw the Fathom event for Jodie Comer's solo uh one woman play that was in London and they had the Fathom event for it for one night only. And I went and saw it um it's called Prima Faci, Uh and it's very, very good. It's all about her being a defense lawyer in the UK, um, who has had to work uh the cases defending an accused uh man of sexual assault and her perspective on it at that point in time and then she gets sexually assaulted and has to take someone to court and knows exactly what the system she's playing in and what's going to happen and all of this is done through just her own performances she she doesn't create characters she's telling a story and will occasionally like be quoting something they said, but in the same way where, like, if she were in a room telling you the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, One woman. So, said, yeah. so she's creating the environment and everything, but without like doing voices or that kind of thing. She's she's just creating the whole story and the whole world. And it's about it's about um, an hour and fifty six minutes with not really an intermission. Um, there is a about a five minute pause from the sexual assault to when she goes to court about it, which is done really well because um, she's in the rain um, after she's just gone to the police station and she leaves and so the rain keeps falling. They literally have like sprinkler systems falling on the, and they do a counter of how many days and the days just start speeding up and going up because it takes three years for her to get to court um, for the case about it. Super, super good. She's just a, she's just so incredible. I can't wait for her to 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 be in even more things. As Jodie Comer from from Free Guy, um, the last duel, Killing Eve, the last duel, yeah. Um, she's she's so incredible. I uh, always love when I see like big movie stars or
2: big TV stars also do theater because I'm like, no, you really like acting. You're not just there to be famous and make money. Like you
0: really you're you're doing a two hour one woman show. You really like acting. Uh, I always respect the hell out of that. Um, just just really great. Um, unfortunately, it's not something like. It might have another Fathom event. If it does, highly encourage anyone to check it out. If it pops back into theaters in your area, please go see it. It's super great. It's so, so good. Oh, um, yeah. And then uh, just real quick, I did finish my rewatch of Cowboy Bebop. That show is great. Um it's true. Really love it. Uh not sure if I'm gonna dive dive into that live action series soon, but you know, like I was happy to get back through the anime again. And uh I watched Nope and so did Ryan. Yeah. And uh I'm not really gonna say a lot about it because I think we're gonna talk about it in a wider sense. I, I think we both want to, uh at some later date. Yes,
2: I will probably, if it's still in theaters, have to see it again. So
0: I'm refreshed on all the great, great, great shit. Highly, highly encourage people to see it though. Jordan Peele to me, has not had a miss yet.
2: I listened to a interview, a spoiler interview with Jordan Peele. Uh, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but like, he talked about directly how without spoilers, film is really important to the movie itself, and filming in IMAX and stuff, Like he was super deliberate, and like he wants you not just because it makes more money or whatever, he filmed it in IMAX for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I... It might be too far. I don't know where the closest IMAX is, but like this is a movie yeah. where after. Listening, I'm talking like shit. Now I kind of want to see the We, IMAX. we,
0: Forrest and I did see it in IMAX. Oh,
3: I'm
2: very
1: good. Ah, oh. very good. That's jealous. Uh, I have yet to see it. Uh, oh. I'm excited though. Mag says, "Hey gang. hello sir. We hey, noticed man, I... we noticed that you were hacked."
2: Oh, he he got the same thing happened to me. Remember when I got hacked? Yeah. Yeah, you got the bit. You got the the Bitcoin guy. It happens to all of us, bud. You got bit by the Bitcoin guy.
1: Yeah, didn't get any <laughs> money from it. <laughs> because I'm sick, I'm not going to talk about a lot of things. I did. I did. Uh, I did do kind of passing interest things uh, throughout the couple of weeks because I've just been so busy and dealing with a lot of things. But, like I watched Predators and Predator and The Predator and getting and ready for a particular movie. I hear. I, I maybe. Maybe.
0: <laughs> Gotta get back to the Yahucha. <laughs> um
1: <clears throat> I really wanted to watch the I really wanted to watch Predators. And I was like, you yeah, know, I'll watch I'll watch the Predator. I haven't seen it in a while. And I was like, what am I doing? I'll just watch Predators. So I I rewatched the I re Predators. Predators is an incredible movie. It's my favorite of the franchise by far. Um you know I won't say by far. The the first one is close.
2: That first one like action action like Action classic. That movie, yeah, that, yeah,
1: that first one is so good. That first one's very good. The Predators just has a lot for me. Um, oh yeah, uh, the Predator. I don't remember what I said about it in our review, but I haven't seen it since I, since I since we reviewed it. And have I. Uh, I was far less interested. I think this time around, I just yeah. don't think the ending works, and that that CGI Ultimate Predator just doesn't work for me at all.
0: I it's... feel like we all felt that way
1: i don't even remember i remember
2: us i remember us specifically we liked it more than the terrible reviews it's getting but we weren't like
1: mega hot we were like it's not that bad yeah yeah Yeah. and i don't think it's that bad it's just it's not good i'm very excited for prey though guys oh yeah once once
0: the reviews hit i'm like oh baby oh baby see y'all next week for our prey review um
1: this week yeah it's almost august oh my god uh, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, I watched that. It's a great movie. I'm an Ant- There There's a lot of Ant Man and the Wasp sl- slander on my timeline. I was like, I'm gonna watch this movie because this movie rules. It's true, it's a good movie. So, I'll talk a bit about. <clears throat> well, I already talked about Do- The Boys Diabolical. Great show. Check it out. Primal came back.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Gennady Tartakovsky's Primal came back. I've only watched the first two episodes. Um, and it's. Very good. Like I just I forgot how good that show was. That first season, Um, it is quite good. But like coming back, I was like, oh shit, this show is animated beautifully. It's brutal. There's no dialogue. It's 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 such a great thirty minute episodes with no dialogue, and it feels like a show that should be comprised of just fifteen minute shorts. But it's thirty minute meaty episodes of this of this guy's spear, this caveman, his name is Spear because he's got a spear.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh and Fang, which is the T-Rex. Uh <clears throat> and it's just their adventures together. Uh and it through this horrible horrible prehistoric world. Uh it's an incredible show.
2: It's it's really impressive that not only did gandhi get an entire season of like a silent show he got a second season that's really incredible that it got enough response to get a second season
0: real quickly because we're talking gandhi i don't know if you're gonna bring it up because i don't know if you watched it i haven't yet i want to but i know you know about it oh you know do you know about the popeye animatic yeah i saw it when it originally came out no 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 one? the entire movie's storyboard animatic oh did it He's come online out? oh get it from just 2013 lying. screw this <laughs> the whole hour 30 minute movie as storyboard animatic with voices you can watch i did not know that online far. we just found like this just went around this last week on twitter that people were like hey uh so this is up and you can just watch Genndy, what Gendy was thinking of Gendy or movie. his team were just like screw it just leak it out who cares it- it's a dead movie um that's awesome yeah so i haven't done it yet but it's it's bookmarked for me because i'm like i can just watch that popeye movie guarantee like it's animated it's like all the black and white like storyboard art moving but like that's wild guaranteed that that like
2: storyboard movie is still better than half the movies will come out this year (laughs) like like if it's voiced and shit like oh man that's nuts
1: Uh, real quickly Meg says listening to today uh to ease by getting tricked by a friend uh don't yep. worry about it dude it happens to the best of us almost happened to me and yeah. I i uh, i wised up last minute good <clears throat> yo man i really needed that money when that friend my friend offered it to me that yeah. was a fake friend <laughs> um but yeah so primal there's a <clears throat> there's a, in the first episode um there's like the, they're in the middle of the ocean because through plot relevance they need to trap traverse the ocean and so they're in the middle of the ocean. There's no food, and they had no idea that this was going to be such a long trip because they're primitive uh, people and creatures. They have no idea what's going on. And so, so they're like, so they are like, okay. I'll go. So Spears like, I'll go find food, and so they, he swims for like five minutes. Doesn't can't find any food, and then all of a sudden, there's this giant sea turtle, and Spears like. We're gonna get the sea turtle. And so he tries to like kill the sea turtle and it's not working. And the sea turtle is bigger than him, so it's trying to kill him too. And then he he like uh he like manages to trick the sea turtle into uh breaching the water right where Fang's mouth is, and Fang just like clamps down on the sea turtle's uh neck and just crushes it, and it's incredible. And now they have sea turtle um there's a megalodon in the first episode which is great um the, week. The, right the second episode was way more emotional than i expected it was going to be uh in a in, a, in such a wonderful i want to say that it's brutal it's a great show I highly recommend it. if you like endy if you like dinosaurs watch primal it's great
2: how many big locusts are in it though
1: uh, you know not enough
2: that's what i'm here for, for for when i think of dinosaur movies i think a giant locust
1: and not enough locusts not enough he's giant locusts he's already covid positive why do you got <laughs> <No, laughs> a good dinosaur thing i just want to remind him <laughs> that they're
2: bad dinosaurs, that <laughs> the real king here are the giant locusts
1: there's a there's a there's an extended cut of jurassic world dominion that apparently came out today and i'm like i couldn't care less
2: and wow. extended
1: wow. yeah is that movie already really long yeah oh, it's like it's like pieces of scenes that are just extended um like a fast and furious extension no but a little bit uh the the, always like a minute longer uh the what was really great about primal this season is that and its first season because it aired on adult swim uh and adult swim at the time had its own uh its own streaming service which i don't know if they still do um you could only watch Primal for a limited time on on that streaming service after it aired on Adult Swim, and then, like six months later, it would come to HBO Max. Oh, okay. And this time, it's airing on on Adult Swim at midnight, and then an hour later, it's on HBO Max. Yeah, no, that's that's so this nice. was
0: um, just real quick, like because I I was using the system. Adult Swim was, to its credit, extraordinarily nice. Um, mm-hmm. they they would keep their things on there for about four to six months Mm -hmm. went after they aired on television free for you to watch. uh, And then sometimes cycle it back out. This was all before HBO max came around. And so primal was still like in that in between space. Um, But
1: now that they have HBO
0: max, they're much better about like their Adult Swim stuff being available
1: very quickly. Yeah. So that's been really nice. And I I don't have to wait so long and it's great to just be able to watch that show week to week. Um, I, I'll do this one next. A couple weeks ago, I finished after, the, after Thor Love and Thunder came out, I finished King Thor, which is the final four-issue miniseries that ended Jason Aaron's run on Thor. Um, King Thor has always been kind of my favorite aspect of, of Aaron's run. I think that that stuff is just super cool with flying space sharks and a dead Midgard that he cries to, to life after being possessed by the Necro Sword and galactus the necro uh the necro destroyer um uh ego the necro world like all some really awesome really cool things and and the final four issues is just it's the end of the universe it's the end of everything and it's thor loki and gore at the end of everything while thor's granddaughters are trying to protect Midgard what's the last bastion of life in the entire galaxy and the entire universe is just new Midgard because Thor was too stubborn to just let it die.
2: I remember really liking his, all his granddaughters.
1: Yeah, they're great. I love them. I love them so much. I wish that they, I wish that they brought, I wish, I wish there was more. I you got to wait a million part. years to get them. Uh, that's the that's the that's the trouble. No, it's such it's it sucks. Um, I I I think that, that that stuff was really cool and has such a such a satisfying ending. I think uh, to just everything that is just like the final say of what Aaron wants to say on what he thinks a god is, what he thinks Thor's purpose is, um, what he's just been trying to say just the final button just to be like cuz there's this one there's this line of dialogue in in Thor that's been that's kind of run concurrently where Odin says to Odin Odin says to his son do you know why we called you the god of thunder it's because you cried whenever it rained and we just thought that was pathetic so we just called you the god of thunder to mock you And Mm. so Thor, Thor grew up with that his entire life. And he's like, well, I, I'm going to own that. I'm going to own that. And then King Thor reveals that like, Thor didn't cry because it rained. It rained because Thor was crying. And I was like, oh
0: yeah.
2: What are you the God of again?
0: That's a better, that's a better execution of that idea than Men in Black 2. Yeah, (laughs) for real though.
2: Oh, yeah, she can control... Yeah,
0: that's right. It rains because you're crying, baby. Send her to space.
2: And, it,
1: and, it, and it's so cool because it's like Thor is trying to keep the universe alive and it's like Odin didn't understand Thor's true power. It didn't rain. It, it, he didn't cry because it rained. It rained because he was crying.
2: He was a life bringer.
1: Uh, beautiful, wonderful story. I wish I could experience it all again for the first time. Or in in The King Thor... Needs a thousand more years of stories that I could consume, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and I hope his daughters come, his granddaughters come back again because they were wonderful characters. Nice man. And finally, light and magic. I'll, I'll talk about light and magic, which is the oh, yeah, do- the, the, the docu series on Disney Plus. Lawrence Kasdan about ILM. I did not realize how influential ILM had continued to be i knew that they were obviously we know that they were like you know the one of the first big special uh visual effects houses george lucas we all know the story george lucas needed a place to make the visual effects for star wars there was none and he so he made he made one and what's really cool about this documentary is because it's lawrence kasdan george lucas is in it Mm -hmm. there is new george lucas content for Mm -hmm. the first time in years right um and it's really cool to see him talk really candidly about the people he worked with at ilm like there's this is in the first episode he's like yeah i brought in this dad this guy and this guy and, and the second episode is like you know this guy dykstra john dykstra who started ilm he, he didn't invite john dykstra to go with ilm to san francisco it's chloe dykstra's dad and he was like oh yeah um and he and he says like i was like it's not that I didn't like John Dykstra, it's just I didn't think he could do it. And then and then we cut to John Dykstra, and he's like, I was heartbroken. I lost my job. I lost all my friends. Um, and it's the story of just this family and how they fundamentally changed filmmaking, all because George Lucas was like, Everything should be digital because that'll be easier. That's basically what happened because he talks about how like. ILM create digital editing is because of ILM digital effects are because of ILM Um, digital sound is because of ILM everything that we have now Mm -hmm. is because of ILM and he's and he's right to a certain extent like you know
0: digital editing digital sound all that it it is superior it is a faster easier model yeah it's what's made it so that people can make things at
1: home yeah yeah and he talked about and George Lucas even talked about like when we had, when, when they finally created the digital editing system and like Adobe Photoshop came from ILM um, and he was like, when, when we finally had digital editing and digital sound and digital effects, I was like, okay, now I can make the Star Wars prequels. Like that, he was very clear. It's like, the only reason why I didn't do that is because I didn't want to go through film on Empire Strikes Back. I was like, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't have to dig out reels of film to edit this, to edit my movie.
2: I am glad George Lucas didn't direct the last two Star Wars original movies <laughs>
1: i think it's for <laughs> the better yeah um and then they talk about and then ILM talks a lot about the, the the people at ILM. they get a lot of the a lot of the old people the old guard at ILM. a lot of the new people at ilm just talk about how they created some of their really impressive special effects that everyone to this day are are praising talk a lot about the t2 uh about the t1000 they talk a lot about uh the water snake and abyss the house imploding in poltergeist um it's uh steven spielberg talks a lot about working with with ilm on basically every movie he's ever made there's the famous shot in willow the famous morphing shot that ilm create like ilm created morphing pretty much uh from Mm. willow Um, if you want to see
2: how they do that you should check out the corridor crew on youtube they got the guy who did that yeah
1: And the the guy uh, I watched that and so that was a cool. It's kind of it pairs really well watching that episode of Corridor Digital with Light and Magic. It's six episodes. They're about an hour long. I highly recommend it. It's it's it is. I didn't realize the history of ILM was the history of visual effects. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: It's not the you know Weta and uh, other (laughs) blanking on all the other visual effects houses names, but. Um, but you know the, those people you know, attribute a lot of their success, and Weta did a lot of great stuff. Like I don't want to like obviously, other visual effects houses have have created some incredible work. But like ILM continued and continues to keep being like this. This is the way we did it. Can we do it this way now? And like Weta wouldn't. Wouldn't exist without ILM. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And so like they talk about like how like it's basically just it's basically just it it goes back to what they talked about with um Jurassic Park and Phil Tippett. There's a great scene with Phil Tippett in the in the second episode in the second to last episode with Jurassic Park where they were going to make stop motion dinosaurs. And then the people at I- some people at ILM was like or we could make them CGI. And that was it. Stop motion was dead. Mm -hmm. stop motion animation was dead Phil Tip was out of a job Um, still got paid he still got paid because Steven Spielberg knew he was heartbroken and they actually talked about that like Phil Tip was like I suffer from bipolar disorder I have depression I have anxiety I was heartbroken I just lost I was watching this dinosaur destroy my job I was extinct and Steven Spielberg was like I'm gonna take that line I'm gonna put it in the movie
2: um Check and, out Phil, Phil Tippett's Mad God now available on streaming services. Yeah. On Shudder. I just found out on
1: Shudder. There you go. Nice. Um, and, so Phil, so, and so Phil Tippett has this wonderful interview uh, in, the, in that whole thing. Um, I could gush all day about Light and Magic. It was a truly incredible docuseries. One of the best I've ever seen. Highly, really, highly recommend. I'm really grateful for... This is like the avenue of like
0: Disney Plus resources mm-hmm. and Disney resources. I'm really glad that they're doing where they put the focus on things like this yeah me too they put and they put the 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 full resource and budget because like any any other time this is at best an hour or 15 minute documentary yeah um and they're willing to like really go for it with these docuseries they've been doing and like uh putting aside like the the behind the scenes feature at once like the avengers assembled kind of things like any any docu-series, like the the ones that have been you know behind the scenes at Disneyland or or behind the scenes of the animators or costumes or anything like that in a wide scope, those have all been very thoughtful and well made and I do appreciate that they are
1: constantly putting a focus on behind the scenes people yeah, and I think what's really great about them is they don't feel like puff pieces
3: it's- yeah.
1: Because like they could very well be like, oh, isn't Island great? But like there was a lot of struggle, and like I go back to the Phil Tippett story. Like they didn't need to keep Phil Tippett breaking down, recalling his his his, uh, loss of stop motion animation for Jurassic Park.
0: They they all, from what I understand, and the amount I've seen of them, this one by your account included, they're all made by people who love the thing. Yeah, and so they want to pour that love and share that love and and impart that love of the thing
1: and the other thing that really is really great about it is that you know it's not just Spielberg, Ron Howard. It's the people who worked there, who continue to work there and it's George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And the I think that this docu-series wouldn't work as well if George Lucas wasn't actually a part of it. Sure. Because he is such a big part of ILM especially He was the there beginning. at the beginning. Yeah, he has he to was, be. He was he was the beginning of ILM. And mm-hmm. so if you don't have him, I do think you still get a good. Uh, you, you do get something good, but you don't get something. You you won't. You'll lose him, right? And he's very important. It's the same problem I have with like um. What am I trying to say? It's um. The toys that made us. The first episode of The Toys That Made Us is about Star Wars, and they don't have George Lucas. Hmm. And like hmm. that's fine. It's it's okay. It's like look how cool Star Wars toys were, but like. But it feels it feels partial rather than whole. Right, and yeah. Lucas being there, being new footage, you got. You, we sat Lucas down in San Francisco, and we actually talked talked to us about ILM <clears throat> candidly. It felt whole. Sure. <laughs> um, so I highly, highly recommend that show. What was I like? was I was on Disney
2: Plus, and I saw oh Light and Magic got added. I thought it was a movie, so I clicked on it, and I was like, "Ooh, six six episodes," and I'm like, oh, "That's a commitment."
1: Oh, whoops. Maybe I, maybe next week. I'm lucky. I'm not lucky. Look, I'm very sick. This no, sucks. Yeah. But I but I needed something to watch. I was like, oh, light and magics on. I'll, I'll yeah, watch yeah. that. Um, I'm
2: actually I'm glad it's a, it's an actual like series because like an hour and a half. is it's not, that time. Yeah, it's that
0: time that we just yeah
2: yeah yeah. Uh, uh so like I I was sad because like oh I don't want to I'm not gonna binge all this. But like now I have like oh it's like a whole ass documentary baby. Like they go into it. So like I'm excited to watch it.
1: And and uh, they the last thing I want to say is that they remaster. A lot of old footage, and it's not just like we've just put in old footage to put places. Like they remastered the old footage from that they filmed back in the old days. Yeah, yeah. so it looks really good. That's great. All right, that's all I have to say.
0: All right, well, we got, we got a full decent chunk of news. So let's dive in.
1: Sad news up top. Actually, quite a bit of sad news up top. Yeah, weeks of sadness uh shonka uh De apologize i looked it up a few weeks ago and i forgot to do it again um anyway uh this was an actress who played big mama thornton uh in the new movie elvis it was her first role she's been kind of a struggling musician all her life mother of two kids she died at the age of 44 oh Dang. god that's rough after getting her big break in elvis and people have been like praising her she did uh you ain't nothing but a hound dog i think Uh uh-huh in the movie oh gosh 44 is so young that's too young i was gonna say
0: like that's (laughs) not to get super personal or anything that's that's literally the age that my cousin who just passed away this last week died at Mm -hmm. i'm like so
1: young that's crazy yeah so rough and it's just you just feel bad because like you know She's been struggling so long and she was trying to be an actress for so got long. Got a big break. Got a big break. and Did that they, was... do we know cause? Not now. It's, they only said no foul play. Okay. So, uh, cause of death hasn't been revealed yet. Well, I
0: haven't seen that, but that's awful.
1: Yeah. Alan Grant, not the character from Jurassic Park. There was a comic book writer, a prominent comic book writer called Alan Grant, wrote a lot of Batman, a lot of 2080. Um, he's british um kind of been famous for being for being weirdly absent from from Batman anniversaries the mm. past couple of years like there's been this weird like DC has been stipping him for a lot lately anyway he passed away at the age of 73 um, um are you familiar
2: yes he created he created Victor Az
1: he created Victor Az oh, okay. he's
2: also the reason he wrote most of the famous shit you know of from from Judge Dredd. He's the guy who made Judge yeah. Dredd what it is. Oh, okay. Very Got much uh, from the from the from the eighties and stuff. But yeah. Um, like I've not read a lot of his work because it's mostly in in English stuff. But like he in the eighties he wrote a bunch of Batman stuff. Uh, and it is right, Brandon. Like he he doesn't get a lot of credit anymore. And I wonder if that's he had like personal issues with DC or something. Um, but yeah, he he created a couple of the minor characters. Um, and made Judge Dredd like the guy he is today. So
1: uh, thanks for that, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah, in my back I was cutting out. No, you're you're here. You're good. Okay, good. Um yeah, I wanted to bring that guy up because like I I've, I've been familiar with him. They they released uh when I was working at the comic book store, they released a collection of his Batman works that I picked up. And they're all really, very good. But I forgot he cre- I'd forgotten that he created Victor ass, but yeah. Monty Norman is the composer for the iconic James Bond theme, you know, the the theme that is James Bond, who composed it. Right passed away at the age of 94 good life long legacy
2: yeah i mean if you have one of the most iconic songs in history congrats congrats like you. you yeah, made, seriously. it's yeah. a long life yeah
1: did he have any other prominent work or i didn't see anything iconic that's, that's yeah. stood the test of time sure but um, he did work on a lot of films how do you beat james bond though really no yeah i yeah, I, yeah. I, I get it yeah Uh, all right. Tony Dow, uh, who was, uh, that old show. Oh, sorry. You cut out. Do that one more time. Tony Dow Mm -hmm. from, uh, uh, who was Wally from Leave It to Beaver. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. He also directed a very prominent Star Trek DS9 episode that I really liked. Oh, okay. Um, he, he was the, he, it was an episode where, um, there was an assassin on the ship who was using uh, bullets that could transport to their target. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, he died at 77. Um, he was a prominent television director for after he would did leave it to Beaver. Gotcha. Right on. Paul Sorvino, mm-hmm. most famously probably from Goodfellas. mm mm-hmm. But also a Star Trek alum, he played Worf's brother, Worf's human brother on Star Trek: The Next Generation.
2: Paul Sorvino, I don't remember him being
1: on yeah. Next Gen. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a, um Worf because Worf was adopted by two humans. This yeah. this was his human brother.
0: I don't remember that. Paul okay. Paul, Sor- Paul Sorvino has a pretty pretty cool career. Um, yeah, I know. Like one of my favorite appearances of his, besides Goodfellas, is Time Bandits. I was oh.
2: no. Are you are you thinking of the next guy? This am I? Yeah. No, you're thinking that's the guy from Twin Peaks. With him, oh, Dennis. okay. Yeah, Paul Savino is a good fellow. He a, a mobster guy. Oh my God, he definitely was at Star Trek. That's so yeah. funny. Uh, wow. He passed away at
1: the age of 83.
2: Uh, there's a great video going around of his daughter, Mina Savino, who uh, got absolutely um, what's the right word? It's like uh, got like blacklisted because of Harvey Weinstein uh, and her career dropped. Uh, through the 90s and 2000s because of terrible me too shit. Uh but there's a great video when she won an Oscar of her thanking her dad on stage and Paul is in the audience just sobbing, dude. Just like oh. like the second he says like I don't want to thank my dad who is so supportive, he just breaks
1: down into tears because his daughter just won an Oscar. And I'm like, oh my God, that's that's such a great moment. Uh Mag is asking, wasn't he in Rocketeer? I haven't seen The Rocketeer, so I don't know. I don't remember. It's been it's been too long since I've seen Rocketeer uh Ooh. david warner
2: this, this is one, the guy i
1: definitely know this one hurt me a bit i'm gonna rattle off some of the ones that i i want to i want to just kind of remind people like rachel ghoul from batman The Animated series chancellor Gorkon in star trek six um gold madrid in Star in star trek the next generation um he was the cardassian uh if you've ever seen the famous quit uh clip there are four lights that's his episode is torturing Picard. Dillinger, the bad guy from Tron. Mm-hmm. He was also in Time Bandits. He's the reporter of The Omen. Twin Peaks, Titanic, Doctor Who. Mary Poppins Returns. He's in Scream 2. Scream 2. Passed away at the age of 80.
2: Yeah, he's uh, uh, Twin Peaks, my f- favorite television show. He is a small but very important part. He plays a really bad boy. I'll always remember him, Thomas Eckhart. Piece of shit.
1: Yeah, I, I love him he's actually he does he has three roles in star trek he's in star trek 5 and star trek 6 as two different characters and i always thought that was weird <laughs> that's so silly um because in star trek 5 he's a human and in star trek 6 he's a klingon
2: uh time bandits incredible movie currently being remade into a television show by taika by tt himself
1: yeah that's right he was also yeah. in time after time where he plays uh uh jack the ripper oh that's nice okay yeah um yeah that's the jack the ripper hg wells movie where yeah um remember we did a long time ago we did an episode on star trek the undiscovered country um i I don't know if you remember but he's the he's the like the head of the klingon people who get shot on the ship yeah yeah Um, yeah, dude that was like first year i wasn't even here i know i wasn't asking you (laughs) um but yeah i love like every time he was on screen i i really liked him i really loved all of his roles He's always such a fun presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nichelle Nichols. Really good. good filmography. This happened today. Nichelle Nichols. Uhura. Oh, really? Yeah, passed away at the age of 89.
2: Talk about a legacy.
1: Yeah, I'll say. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty heartbroken by this one, I'll be honest. Like, I, I, She's been frail for so long. She's been kind of sickly for so long, but... She's a wonderful actress. Has a huge legacy. You know, she changed the world. Yeah, single-handedly almost. First interracial kiss on TV. Yeah, uh, one of the first prominent black characters on TV. Just uh, her her legacy is is, uh, uh, continued by two actresses who are both wonderful in the role. I think Zoe Saldana and Celia Gooding are great. Mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it, it uh kind of broke my heart when i saw this happen today oh my god pull up max comment i didn't know that. that's awesome just watched a documentary of her enlisting people in nasa for other races yeah
0: that's, that's right on
1: i remember we met her at
2: comic-con at five years ago at this point and she yeah. back then was even kind of like sickly
1: uh but she was yeah, she... nice to every single person that she talked to and that, that's yeah she had a conservatorship back then which was Kind of controlling her. Uh, there was a big like deal to get her out of it. Um, and uh, uh, now the original crew is just Shatner, Takai, and um, Koenig. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. Rest in peace. Mary Alice, who is the Oracle from The Matrix Resurrections, the second the Oracle. Third, the second Oracle, third movie. The second passed Oracle. Passed away at the age of 85. That's a tough. That's a tough role to take over from, mm-hmm. um, but she did great. Uh, it's a. It's a shame. It's a long life. Yeah, I'm not familiar with her other work, unfortunately, but she had a very long uh, film and stage career. So, right on. And then Bernard Cribbins, Wilfred oh. Mott, from Doctor yeah. Who, passed away at the age of 93.
2: Y'all want to cry?
1: That's the one that he's, watch this, watch him. <laughs> Doctor Who
0: is the one who will make you cry yep. on Doctor Who.
1: A, a Wonderful character. I always loved seeing him.
0: An actor, an actor who became a meme probably never knew what a meme was. <laughs> Yeah,
1: was. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the the, the crying, the crying <laughs> meme. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he is back for the 60th. Uh, there's footage of him. They haven't confirmed it officially, but oh really? saw him. We nice. we saw David Tennant pushing him around in a wheelchair. That's right. That's right. Aw, um, it's gonna make me want to watch that more. It's gonna be yeah, dedicated to him for sure. Yeah, yeah. one hundred percent. There's a lot of connections, I think, to not to get into like rumors, but there's rumors that the new companion, um, Shudy Gotway's c- companion, is Donna's daughter.
3: Mm. Fascinating.
1: Um, Doctor Donna, is, which is why she's named Rose. Mm. So. Uh I loved I loved Bernard Cribbins the The End of Time is when he was the companion for that two part episode is just wonderful. Old old man companions are always fun. I made I made the
0: joke about you know like not really joke but like the reference to to his meme thing and the thing is like those things only become that way because the performer is so good at capturing the the emotion in a moment mm-hmm. that people can utilize that for memes. And that's what he did. Like you don't even need to know Dr. Who. And you're like, this is, this is powerfully emotional and exactly represents the way I want to represent this. Mm-hmm. Uh, hats off to him. He's, he's amazing.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to, one, one of the things that, that one of the kind of the nice things that happens when something tragic like this happens is that people share a lot of clips the, from other pieces of work, and a lot of which I had not been familiar with, he's—I had not familiar with a lot of his body of work. I didn't know he was in the Peter Cushing Doctor Who movie. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I had no idea. So he been, he was in Doctor Who in 1966. Yes, so many people double dip in Doctor Who. Um, and but he's uh, in like non-canon Doctor. Who. No, oh yeah, yeah okay. Because Peter Cushing is like a human
0: in that. Who like these are takes... the these are the alternate take uh, Peter Cushing doctor who films there are two canon. two of them yeah all canon yeah. in my part uh they're they're the ones that are like legitimately like paul mcgann is is canon but like those things are like whole different interpretation doctor who mm. kind of thing okay, okay. Um,
2: the ultimate universe doctor who. yeah and, he's, because and he because his name is part like
1: part doctor his like his name is like doctor he's a doctor whose last name is who oh boo <laughs> But and it's he's cute. a human. No, I it's get
2: kind of it. I way. get it. But how, be, how can he be more literal than like, my name is Doctor Jonathan Who? <laughs>
1: um, the clips that the people were—he was a very funny man. He was very, he was very, he was a showman. He was. Uh, I just, I'm, 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 i might go back and just watch every all of his Doctor Who episodes. Like, quite honestly, he's good. He's a good, good part. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. That one also broke my heart. <sighs> all right let's move on to some other things moving right along spy kids okay billy magnuson has been added to the cast i like him yeah he's the which one is he he's he's the he... prince in aladdin it's the prince from aladdin thank you he's in game he's night good. is he the one in game night yes mm-hmm. yeah okay um and we also know what this what the movie is going to be about. It's going to follow uh, the children of the world's greatest secret agents as they unwittingly help a game developer unleash a computer virus that take that gives him control of all technology. This gave me Spy Kids three flashbacks. Game he's over.
0: <laughs> That's all fun.
1: He's trying again. Sure. Uh, Scream Six has cast Samara Weaving and Tony Revolore. You Jesus. want to talk about like? All star cast, pumped cast.
0: Oh I am God. pumped for Scream Six. Holy God! Me too. I and Hayden's so. back. Ugh.
1: Ugh. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm so excited. I'm actually even more excited with the next piece of news
1: that Nev Campbell is not coming back. Yes. What? Yeah. I didn't hear this. Yes, Nev Campbell. She turned her,
0: that money down. No, she said that the rumors were false. Oh, it. was <laughs> just
1: it was just, a, it was just a, a false rumor. She is not coming back.
0: That's fine. That's just, good. It's so funny. I stand by that. Like, I don't think the franchise should have her anymore.
1: Yeah. You cannot kill her. Her story should be left alone. It's true. Yeah. Sleep. Her. Let, let her Let her have a happy life.
0: It's time for the franchise to move past Sydney.
1: Yeah. yeah. And she uh, She even says, you know, she, she heard, she read an early version of the script and she's like, it's good. It's just not, you know, they'll retool it to not have me in it. And I wish them luck. Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
0: I think that's good. I think that's Thank a you. good direction for them to have to go is to, to leave Sydney. Alone. Yeah.
2: There's nothing else we can learn or do with her. So don't, so give the screen time to like stuff that can progress the story instead of just having your main character from the last in it for no reason. Yeah, right, exactly.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Adam Scott had joined the cast of Adam Webb. Oh. I, I was just going to say like
0: real quick, like it's, it's, it's pretty unheard of already for the final girl of a horror franchise to have been in all five of the films and still, still kicking.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and like I said, because of her legacy, her longevity, you you cannot take her out at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's there's there's,
2: you know what's going to happen? We're going to wait twenty more years, and then we'll do another scream. But it's like the Halloween movies yeah, where yeah. you have old Lady Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis, but now it's old Lady Neve Campbell, right? And it's like her granddaughter is the
0: killer or some bullshit. <laughs> I, I truly hope not. I no, thought. No, no. But but I, I, I do think like I stand by like even when we were talking about like the Scream 5 stuff, I, I, I stand by that like with Wes Craven gone and Sydney being a creation of his respectfully I think they should just allow her to go in peace. It's always been the arc that Wes has been pushing her towards anyway. She won. Is for her to to not get bested by the killers. Sydney's supposed to win. That's she, ingrained uh, in that character. She did her time. Uh sorry, Adam Scott and Madam Webb great cast i i i i I don't want to see it i still can't believe how good this cast is and i love
2: adam scott so much and everyone's like is he playing peter parker no no he's not he's playing a random dude no doubt there's no way he's playing peter parker i don't put anything past anybody at this point i would but that would i think that'd be sick if he was a retired peter parker but i don't believe sony
0: has the capacity to make cool decisions anymore so like I don't know. Yeah. If I believe anything, I believe Sony will take a good idea and waste it. Yeah. Well, it's not gonna. It's, well, I'm not worried about Madam Web being like, you know.
1: He's you know. gonna be like uh, some guy named John Harrison, and then he's gonna show oh, up yeah. and be like, "My name's Peter Parker, actually," and everyone's gonna be like, "Ah." Well, I mean, Adam Scott is a. Re- I, <laughs> he is a. If
2: you're gonna have like a 45 year old retired Peter Parker, he's a really good choice for it. Sure. Um, I just don't think Sony is gonna do anything cool with like that. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah i uh sure you go you go sony you keep doing this i guess i'm
2: still more invested in manom than i am
0: in, in in craven that's true so <laughs> I, i'll grant you that i'm at least <laughs> curious about the cast yeah yeah, more than i am with craven and craven i'm already checked out craven
1: out yeah dune part two <gasps>
0: what
1: has cast uh suhel suhelia yakub ya- yakub sorry as uh hmm sh- Shish Shishak Shish hmm. Shish, Ockley.
3: where are we at? Where are we at? Right here.
1: Oh, Shishakli. shishakli yeah. Um. Uh. For those of you who don't remember the character, I wrote down just a brief description. Um. Uh. A Fremen from uh Siech Taber, who helps Paul Atreides during his uh. Sandri- sand Rider. I'm so I'm so out of it. I'm sorry. Trial learning uh the harness the giant sand- learning to harness the giant sandworms that roam beneath the surface of she, desert planet rackets. Yeah, she trains them. She's a she's a worm trainer. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. I can't I I love Dune so
2: much. And like we got Florence Pugh, and we got Christopher Walken. Um oh uh um Elvis is playing is mm-hmm. playing the evil kid, evil evil Paul Atreides. I'm just like God, I'm so pumped! We're gonna get so she's, many worms.
0: Uh, she's from a lot of foreign projects. Cool. Um, cool, 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 I think her only prominent thing is she was in No Man's Land on Hulu. Okay, um, but otherwise, she's in a whole lot of foreign films. That's
2: good. They're not casting
0: a white person to be a Fremen. <laughs> that's
1: cool. That's good. I mean, they they haven't you... yet. So why would they? No, but I'm, I'm saying I mean, she is still... she's she's, you know, yeah. she's Swiss. Um, Swiss. But yeah, that's cool. I'm into it. I'm so into it. I really like what what. Um... Because you talked, you brought up the all the Fremen have been um, diverse casting. I was mm-hmm. really happy. I'm, re, I'm really happy the direction that Danny Bell knew went with the Fremen, um, yeah. and they're, they're family now, which is exciting. Hell yeah! Out next year. Alden Ehrenreich has been cast in Iron Heart. Shit! Yeah, I'm so excited. Really? Yes.
0: Alden, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you Disney for not throwing him away. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, i that's
0: hope, a, that's I hope he's I, I hope he's something in the mcu where we can see him a lot
2: because i really like
0: him. i do too my feeling is he's a, he's a one-and-done bad guy that's that's where my heart tells me but i hope it's wrong your iron heart my iron heart tells me yeah I, it's true it's it's very possible but i i'm hoping that it's something where we can we can keep him around for a bit because he deserves i agree. an mcu win because he's not han solo <sighs>
1: god kasdan because he's doing the the light the Motion for a light and magic. Like I would do another Han Solo movie. I would do a show. I'll do a movie. <laughs> That's funny. He's like, I've seen those shows. Um, Solo
0: shouldn't have a show. I'll be honest. Like so- Solo shouldn't have a show. I-, I would watch it, but I would I would do another movie. Lando should have a show. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I would. Uh, I I just hope that if we see Han Solo again, because you know they're talking about it. It's not Harrison Ford. He's got no. I I think he's actually done. Done. He feels it feels done done. I'm pretty uh, sure he's going out with Indy five. Mm-hmm. I I am too. Uh, we've got the first casting for Star Wars the Acolyte. Mm-hmm. Uh, am- Amanda, Stenberg. Woo! Yes. Who I'm not familiar with. Um, I know she's
0: black, and that's great. I'm glad that we're getting more diversity in Star Wars. I'm just thrilled. Oh, she's from the Heat You Give. I'm. Oh, she's in that Darkest
2: Minds movie, which apparently wasn't very good. But that's. But that's not her fault. Um, that's awesome. Uh, The acolyte is probably the Star Wars show I'm most excited about because it doesn't take place during anything I'm. uh, I know a lot about. Give me some new shit, please.
0: Oh, she's in Bodies, 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 which we're gonna talk about. Oh, Bing Bong. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm. I'm ready for some High Republic shit. Uh.
0: Oh, I know. I now know. Is she real? No, no. I now know who she is. Just looking at her from the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies trailer. So I think. I think. She's going to be cool. I'm okay. excited for her.
2: I want to say but that's Rue from 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 the Hunger, Hunger Games. Games, but I could be wrong.
0: I haven't no. oh. mm. I'm looking. I'm already there. You're on it. All right, well. Oh, uh, huh? there, there's one Hunger Games on here.
2: Spoiler, she she dies she's in that not, franchise. She's not Rue. Okay, cool. She's not Rue, but she Rue is, is but... appearing as like the lead star in something new, and I just don't remember what it was.
1: I don't. Yeah, I do remember this. I don't remember what you're talking about though. Oh. Well. Um. Well, uh, David Krumholtz is going to return as Bernard in the upcoming Disney Plus sequel series to the Santa Claus. Now, and now we know it's titled The Santa Clauses.
2: The character we've all been waiting for.
1: Actually, quite honestly, yes. No, I was being
2: being partially real. Yes. Yeah. I'm like I I care about him more than
1: Tim Allen. Uh, I I've always missed his presence in the third film, I'm happy he's back. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was Rue. I I thought so. It's yeah. this one. This one was Rue. Yeah, yeah. Amandla Amandla Steinberg. Yeah, was Rue. Oh, yeah, she's sure.
2: spoilers. She gets killed. She was
0: she was Rue in the Hunger Games: Catching Fire, not in the Hunger Games.
1: Yeah, the second. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Grew up a little bit. Um. Well, yeah, sparks. David Kravenholz.
0: Yes, um, I'm very happy that Bernard's coming back, considering that they they completely wiped him out in the third one. So good, good, good for that guy. Yeah. That yeah what was cut. the ex- What was the explanation? He just grew up. I don't even th- no. I don't even think it was that because he was already he was already grown up in the first two. Yeah, he's a uh, taller elf. No, I think they just wanted to put more focus on the kid from the second one because he takes Bernard's role and becomes that elf in the third one. I oh, that kid.
1: Yeah. No thanks. I hated that kid.
0: Yeah, Uh, no. I'm glad. I'm glad Bernard gets to be around because it it, it's
1: weird if Bernard isn't because he's an elf and they're immortal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the live action Avatar: The Last Airbender series has some new two new casting announcements. Um, One is that James Uh will reprise his role as the Cabbage Merchant. (laughs) This is kind of stupid, but cool. I
2: listen, like I have no faith in that show. But like, that's great because one of my favorite, one of the best things from Avatar is always that dude going my cabbages. Yeah. And it being the guy is, it's a little cute. I that's think cute. it's cute. Yeah. I'm not going to save a show or anything, but no. it's cute. No.
1: And uh, Danny Putty has been cast as the Mechanist. Do you
0: think, just real quick, do you think they're going to make the cabbage guy like a character for a whole episode? No. I, gar- I bet he will get more screen time than just my cabbages,
2: but I do not think... I do too. I don't think he's going to get any, like, real... He's not a character.
0: No, I don't mean, like, they'll give him a whole arc. I just mean, like, we're going to get, like, a whole episode that's, like, from the perspective of the cabbage guy. I highly doubt
2: it. I guarantee you, it'll be, like, a three-minute comedy yeah. scene of him setting up the cabbages and then being destroyed, and that's about it. Yeah. What
1: What yeah. if that's the... What if that's the, the thing that drove the guys away? It's like, we we want a whole episode about the cabbage guys. Like, n- no. You've, you've that- missed the point. It's that or we walk. It's a cabbage bender. (laughs) Um, All right. Kristen Ritter has joined the Orphan Black sequel series as the lead. Okay, so
0: I talked to Ryan about this earlier. Um, I'm now extraordinarily convinced Kristen Ritter is in She-Hulk. Yeah. I don't think that she coincidentally ends up the lead of the previously Tatiana Maslany-led series without Mm. there being a connection between the two. Yep. Uh, especially with Tatiana Maslany still being connected to the team and producing as far Mm -hmm. as I'm aware she's producing the sequel series Mm -hmm. um I don't think that that's coincidence I think she met Kristen Ritter and got along got her over there for the job
1: and probably
0: because that's still an important show to to Maslany so like I'm now very convinced she's in She-Hulk hell yeah yeah I uh uh very likely that's cool and that's that. great. Uh, Kristen Ritter's a great actor to follow up uh, doing Orphan Black stuff. I think that's awesome. She's she she's a fantastic choice for a lead. For she's choice. a really
2: good character actor and if you've only seen her in like Jessica Jones, like she has a lot of range. Yeah. Because she was in Breaking Bad. She was also with the, apart- the, the B Apartment. Don't the B
0: in Apartment 20. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's
2: done like incredibly ditzy characters, incredibly hard characters. The only like thing,
1: Jones. the only three things I've seen her in were Gilmore Girls. hmm where she was in the last season, uh, where she plays kind of like this ditzy kind of yep. college uh, girl. Um, Breaking Bad, which she's excellent in Breaking Bad, and Jessica Jones. You never saw any Don't Trust
0: the Bee? No, I never did. Oh, it's
1: it's a good show. A good show. Yeah. yeah. There's a movie
2: that... She's out of my league. She plays the bitchy friend, and she's out of my league, a Jay Baruchel movie that I really liked when I was mm-hmm. younger. Um, yeah, she is such a good character, character actor. Like, I'm glad... Man, Jessica Jones is coming back too, baby. I'm super
0: stoked. I I really love Orphan Black, so I'm, this has I, I've been trepidatious about the sequel series, even with like them saying like you know we're bringing a lot of the the team and a lot of the heart back to it, um, but it's not going to be following Maslani's characters. Uh, Kristen Ritter being at the head gives me a lot of faith right off the bat. It's
2: a good replacement,
0: yeah.
1: Um, Kurt and Wyatt Russell have been cast in the Godzilla Apple TV Plus on TV series.
2: So cool. That is that is awesome.
1: I'm so excited. <laughs> Those are both
2: excellent. Wyatt Russell is like just becoming such such a
0: talent. Have um, they been on screen together yet? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. A yeah. dad-son project for them. I think this is gonna be a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. This this like I've been excited for the show anyway, because like what what can we do on Apple TV Plus with Godzilla? I'm so I'm stoked after the first movie, which is my favorite still, like super Excited. And then Kurt Russell is great. Wyatt Russell is great. Put them together. I'm like, all right, I'm sold. Give it to me. Just put it in my head. Family drama
0: amongst monsters. And like, they haven't said it, but there's no way they're not playing father and son. Oh, yeah.
1: They have to be.
0: Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that dynamic to watch them do that because they're both incredible talents in their own rights. Is this Um, Kurt Russell's first TV role? I'll Google it. I want to say no, but I also can't think of what it would be.
1: Yeah, no, I can't think of anything.
0: Um, but I want to say no. Uh, Ryan's on it. Yeah. I, I, I'm so stoked. Uh,
2: <laughs> I went to his television, and he has like 50 television appearances from 1960 so no. to, nine, to, to now. So wow. no. He did, so here's the thing. He was in tech, TV for like 15 years before he became a movie actor. He's right. done literally like 50 television shows from the 60s and 70s.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. Has he appeared on anything any prominent shows recently? What if that we would? Okay, yeah, I mean, but not that. No, Um, his his
2: jump from TV is nineteen eighty to twenty twenty one. That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. He became a movie star in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wow, yeah, it's
0: it's true. That's wild.
2: So no, he's. I would not call him a TV actor for the last forty years. Yeah,
0: that's wild. He's so old. Wow, Kurt. But this is awesome. This is this is really cool that they're going to play together. I'm really excited. And that
2: use that. Also means I bet he saw the value in this. Like, hey, like I know this isn't a movie, but like if it's high scale and high budget enough, where like he will do it as a TV show. So like,
1: or he was pitched it as we could, you could do this with your son. True.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Either way, like there's something of value for them in it, and both of them make very good choices with the roles they pick. Yeah. Yeah. So of late, uh, so I'm I have far more faith immediately that they're both in it.
1: Ego and John Walker. Look at that. I mean, like. Kurt Russell made a meal out of Santa Claus. I can't wait to see this. Yum yum yum. Kurt Russell um,
0: made made Mr. Nobody into somebody in the Fast & Furious franchise. Yeah, like anyone in anyone else's hands that could have been Oh garbage. yeah. I'll never forget like the scene where I don't remember which one it is, and one of the later ones. Like he goes into a
2: warehouse and is like,
1: "Oh, that's funny."
3: Come <laughs> on
2: here. And then he dies. <laughs> Whatever. My,
1: my favorite my favorite my favorite one is an 8 that's when, when they he, all get
0: knocked out by vin yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. It, it is when he's just like you know that's funny that's here yes that's, <laughs> yeah that's, yes, that's, that's what i'm that's thinking what it is. Yeah. yeah
0: that's that's really <laughs> funny because that's right here <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> that's my favorite that, i i think about that a lot
0: he's so good yeah he's so good in that like he can do anything so I'm, I'm excited and i think Wyatt russell also is capable of all that about anything so and,
1: and
2: still like uh, uh being the showrunner uh, matt shackman who did wandavision who's done it's always
1: sunny in philadelphia mm-hmm. excellent tv guy so like i am over i'm so excited for the show me too uh mag reminds us that he once played elvis that was yeah in like 1979 mm-hmm. yeah that was a tv movie and a long time ago yeah <laughs> our uh,
2: entire our entire lives have happened Since he was on TV, yeah.
1: Besides
0: the ego appearance, yeah, 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 Yeah,
1: yeah. uh huh. Uh, Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm so stoked for that. I'm so stoked. I,
0: I, I hope. I'm glad that there's faith in the monster and that they want to keep moving forward. I hope the scripts measure up. Me too. That's That's all I want because they're getting the talent. Yeah, got Dan Stevens in the other film. Like they're getting the talent. I want the scripts to measure. That's why I think because they had the talent in the Godzilla vs Kong movie. No, yeah, talent. The the script did not. That's why I
2: feel. That the scripts for these probably are good because Kurt Russell did say yes. It was
0: about his son, yeah. um, but like I honestly I think, and also, okay. I was gonna say like with this being set where it is, I really would love it if they could get um, Watanabe. Uh, huh? Watanabe? No, I was well. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But that wasn't who I was thinking of. I would love it if they could get um, uh, God, her name is escaping me. Conjuring. Oh, oh for If they could get Farmiga back, uh, because it's a big deal that's what she's doing, too, at that time. Um, oh, before yeah. she becomes, like, a super bad guy. Well, because she <laughs> does everything because
1: of the events of Godzilla, so it'd be
0: great if, like, she's at least somewhere around. Like, we get the idea of how all this is built together. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that the show has a lot of really cool potential. Like, I would love to see Ken Watanabe come back, because It I, feels like he has to. He would have to, especially if you're if you're doing this show based around Monarch. Um, I think it's insane that there are three MonsterVerse projects in the works concurrently right now. The animated show, the movie, and and this show. And I personally have a lot more faith in the Apple TV Plus show than I do anything else. Not particularly because I I didn't love Godzilla vs. Kong. I do really like that movie. but A lot of the same team is back for that. I don't know exactly who's writing it, though. But this show has the potential to kind of really do what godzilla 14 started and really expand on it in a way like we got more character work we get more monster work we really can really stretch it out in an organic way that works very well so what i'm looking at this is basically like this is the follow-up that i wanted from 2014 not to say i don't like what's come come after but like this is really this is really the sweet spot for me
0: You want that monarch exploration, so, that sweet, sweet monarch exploration. I was looking at the cast list,
2: and this is funny because last names are funny. Um, there's a there's an actor named Ren Watanabe who's in the show. He's not related to Ken Watanabe. <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, oh, is that going to be his son playing his son? Are we doing multiple fam- father dynamic things? I'm like, no, he just happens to have the same last name."
1: Oh, you don't remember very well, do you? We met his son in Godzilla vs. Kong. No, I remember. No, I remember. <laughs> but this is earlier. And
0: he's got a good point. Like, if you do bring back Ken Watanabe, you can do some of that backwards work on his son to at least make that shit count. Because that
2: which, this would be the place to do that, because that character is like is like bear is like it doesn't make any sense in that two, movie. Two
0: father-son dynamics, exactly, exactly. good and evil. Okay. Yeah. Father I'm, and son dynamics in Godzilla. Woo, gimme, gimme, gimme.
1: I'm very excited fish. for the show.
0: That's a lot of fish.
1: Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. News? Yep. Yeah.
0: What's the news?
1: Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. Oh, yeah! <laughs> ben Affleck is going to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne Batman. We're done with the Snyderverse. No it's more. Just, apparently apparently it is replacing a Michael Keaton cameo.
0: Do you think this is just because the movie's coming out before the flash now? Yes. Yes. I think so too. I don't think they're getting rid of Michael Keaton, but I do think they need to flip flop some shit. I think that they couldn't put Michael Keaton in that before because the movie's coming out before the flash now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think so too. I think that because this is,
0: I'm glad Ben Affleck wanted to do it. Good for him.
1: This Mm -hmm. is said to be like a, a small like post-credits cameo uh, akin to, um, so I don't think we'll see him in like the cowl. I think we're just gonna see him in the suit. I'm sure he's only showing up as Bruce. Yeah, yeah. he's in the picture, he's definitely like Bruce Wayneified, Like yeah. clean shaven, good looking hair. Those are some nice shoes. And uh I'm look, I I think it's I think it's wild that what Warner Brothers mm-hmm. that Warner Brothers has to bend over backwards to for the flash right now. But hey, if we get more Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, he wants to do it, sure. I like him. They're in such a weird spot because
0: like as they're wanting to build out their universe, they don't have the kind of benefit of like people being entrenched in the MCU timeline and giving a shit. And like they'll be like, oh yeah, this took place before and XYZ and they'll they'll think of things that way. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. they don't have that benefit. So it does matter what comes out before what. And since they had to rejigger their schedule with Flash, I, I'm sure, makes sense. I'm happy that he was happy to do it. Yeah. And they can't
1: they can't do it to Michael Caton and Batgirl. Yeah. Right. Because apparently he's a larger part in that. Oh yeah, he's like a co-star in that movie almost. Yeah, I'm a little bummed that we are. I'm a little bummed that we're losing Ben Affleck as Batman. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Like I think he's right to want to step away from it, but like as in sense of like, I think it's a mistake to make Michael Keaton your main Batman. In your in your main continuity. I'll put it this way. Um,
0: I think it's smart in the sense of like Ben Affleck didn't want to do it. Like that's what it's in response to. Ben Affleck just didn't want to do it anymore. And he wanted to step away. And I think that's good. And you want to have an old Bruce Wayne now who people can still care about because we're getting young Bruce Wayne. We got Robert Pattinson. It's on Mm -hmm. another. Cool. We can do all that. Having old Bruce Wayne allows us to do all the rest of the Bat family stuff that has never gotten its proper attention in live action Mm -hmm. films. Mm -hmm. And now you can do that. And if Ben Affleck didn't want to do it anymore, I think you made the best choice you could. If that's where we're heading, I'm, I'm all for it. If we're getting like Nightwing stuff, if we're getting Barbara Gordon stuff, and that's going to be our film universe for the connected universe, mm-hmm. and have Robert Pattinson's young Batman on the side, that's all you need, baby. That's a fair
1: point. That's a fair yeah, point. I, I can't it. think and, about it that way.
0: And and Affleck Affleck didn't want to do it. And if that's the case, then he should he shouldn't have to. Um, no, so I, here's I the thing.
1: I wasn't no. saying that. I wasn't saying that Affleck should have done it. I just I I you brought up a good point about the Bat Family thing uh, that I didn't consider. I think that's exactly why we're getting older Bruce Wayne, because that's what Ben Affleck was too.
0: We're yeah. we're getting older, older Bruce Wayne either way. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's because they want a Bat family focus in the live action films. They want to really go for that. And I, I think if that's the role, especially with them knowing we've got the successful Bruce Wayne young Batman on the side, then I say go for it. Go for it because it's time for those characters to shine in the films.
2: So. Yes. So uh, I'm a big bat guy. I love it. Um, His time several years ago when he was going to make when he bvs and he was going to make his own batman movie right direct it he was at one of the lowest points in his life so doing all that stuff all at once was not a good thing uh he likes being batman he doesn't like being batman when he's killing himself and having to work for warner brothers as a writer director and stuff so like mm-hmm. him just cameoing as batman he, he he's gonna doing it multiple times so clearly he wants to do it uh i think his batman rules hey guys i'm a zack snyder uh, not fan. I don't like this. Like, I love the Snyder cut, not don't care about BVS, but I think Batman is so good in the Snyder cut. It's a continuation of that Batman, like who has gone through some shit and trying to become a better person. And I love him in the Snyder cut. And I, and he's the best part of BVS in my opinion. So yeah. like, I am thrilled that, ba- that Batman, that Batman, that Ben Affleck gets to shine in something he's really good at in a period where he's not depressed. He's not working under studio mandates. He gets to just be an actor. Just be an actor. Yeah. Uh and that's so great. Cause like now he's like basically free free to just like I just get to be Batman again.
1: And I think that's excellent because he's he's so good. He's so good at it. I agree. I think the uh the the thing we can all come away with is that uh it's nice that he finally married Jennifer Lopez. Good for him.
3: I'm Hell very yeah. Very happy
1: for him, quite honestly. I think that's really hey man.
3: Great.
1: 20 years later, get back with the love of your life. I think that's hella cute. Enjoy, I love
2: it.
0: enjoy your Paris honeymoon.
2: Dude, you see the, the the video of him asleep on the yacht? God, yeah. what a life he's living! I'm Batman again. I married the love of my life. I'm just chilling. Love it. I'm so happy for him. I'm happy
0: for both uh, of them. Yeah, that they got back. That's awesome. Yeah, good for them.
1: Uh, there is a name of the Submariner comic coming called "Conquered Chores" by Christopher Cantwell. We talked a little bit about this on our Comic Con episode. Uh, I was, was going to say bit think, more.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. This was I, this is kind of leftover <laughs> of the initial announcement basically christopher Cantwell and pasquale uh pasquale ferry are developing a a comic um which takes place 100 years in the future um on a mostly flooded earth that namor now now runs because the the all the heroes have left earth to go fight the kree is what they said at Mm comic-con uh yeah i'm very excited christopher Cantwell can't can't do
2: wrong uh, in terms of comic books, at least can do well, can. can
0: do very well.
2: Yeah. Um. And uh, Namor is a guy who's about to get a real hard push for for some reason, I guess. Um. And it's cool that like the first big book, it's like an Elseworlds book. Like they're allowing like, hey, here's a character showing up in a movie. We're not going to give you an incontinuity book. I think that's just really cool and was fun. Was it
0: was it Cantwell who recently did the little video thing where he mocked alan moore's master class thing oh i don't remember i don't know i don't know if i saw that oh yeah i follow him on twitter was that wasn't that zadarsky was that zadarsky i i was like it's it's him or zadarsky i think it oh, that I think sounds it, right. like a Zdarsky. it was zadarsky
2: <laughs> it was pretty good <laughs>
0: uh i
3: yeah
2: uh Cantwell. uh i said it, like when we talked about it last time but like he is he is one of the best people right now who can write big ego macho men mm-hmm. uh who think they're like very highly of themselves yes. uh dr doom reed richards tony stark namor is very much another character just like that uh So, uh, I'm Kang.
0: Kang, you're right. Yes,
1: 100%. Uh, soon, uh, uh, Norman Osborne.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, he's so good. I love you.
1: Norman Osborne being a good guy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's been too long. Sad news for Nice of the Old Republic. I'm so
2: glad you put this in the news. I didn't know you did. Thank God. This is is awful.
1: The Nice of the Old Republic remake, uh, has been delayed indefinitely. Um, Asper Media, uh, the developers of the game. Fired the art director James Jason Minor and design director Brad Prince unexpectedly, very suddenly. Um, then and according to Bloomberg, it's because the demo that they created to show Lucasfilm be like, This is our progress, here's the demo was not well received at all. Yeah, so this is this is there have been a lot of uh big HD remake
2: remasters in the last in the last decade or so, right? Um, Asper, uh. Now that we're here, Aspyr was not the right company to make this because they have never made their own game before. They have only they've only ported Night City of Old Republic to Switch and to like PS4 and PS5. They've never made their own game. Um, they've been working on this game for three years, and like I said, Brandon, like they showed they showed Sony because this is a Sony this is a Sony like uh, marketed thing uh, like PS5. Showed, so, Lucasfilm. Uh, showed Lucasfilm. Showed Lucasfilm. yeah, yeah. Um, they showed Lucasfilm, and the guy said, "This is not this is not up to standards." Uh, the, the quote that really got me was, "The game's supposed to come out end of this year. It's now more likely looking at 2025. Mm-hmm. That is a double production length. They've already been working on it for three years. That'd be six more years. Um, this game is probably not
1: coming out. Um... Well, they are. So, so Asper Media has said that they are looking for new directors to replace the two that were fired. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does not look likely.
2: So, uh, Saber Interactive, which is another co- game company, which isn't I, this is not me disrespecting anybody who works on video games, but like S- Saber also is another company that isn't a high pedigree developer? They're gonna be coming on to help help it. Um, now the last time something like this happened was Final Fantasy 7 Remake. The original developers of FF7 Remake was uh was Bandai Namco, and after three years they saw a demo and they're like, This is shit, we have to bring it in house, bring it into Square Enix, and then it took another three years to get that game made, mm-hmm. and now it's one of the greatest games ever made, right? So, there, there is a possibility that this game can get salvaged, it's not with the two studios who are working on it right now. It simply <laughs> isn't. It's... They want a God of War 2018 level quality game from people who have never made a game like this before.
0: Or Resident Evil 2.
2: Yeah, 100%. Like, it's it's giving, it's just, it's not fair to the studio, to Asper, because they were asked to do something they're not capable of. that they're just not capable of. Uh, and maybe this was their chance to try to do something like this, but I don't think you do this with not just Star Wars, but one of the most uh, important and like, and beloved RPGs
0: of all time. Um it's just it's a super big bummer, I think, it's super big bummer. I think in general a Knights of the Old Republic rebuild re- remake mm-hmm. is an inevitability. Yeah. Um but I do think that they're at such a point where they understand like it has to be more than the port because the mm-hmm. port is there. Yeah. And to get to that level, you're going you're going to need to get a different game studio, and like this is something Lucasfilm, Disney in general has struggled with getting the right people on their games. Yeah. Um, especially with the Star Wars properties. I mean, Marvel's uh, Avengers were, is the same trapped, situation because they were trapped in that EA license with Star Wars for a while. Yeah. And um, they're they're I think they know that this is a winner if they put it in the right place, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to take some time to find that frankly yeah. yeah
2: um i hope i hope and again no no offense to to asper or to saber but they are they are port studios they are smaller studios and like yeah if you want to if you want to make a billion dollar game you got to put the resources behind it like you want the resident evil 2 team you you, you want someone like it honestly like it's it, even bigger than that because kotor is yeah. a like a 50 a big, hour big epic yeah. rpg so yeah. like it's like they want to like I would say just give it back to Bioware because they're the people who made it. But Bioware is working on a whole bunch of other shit. So um, this is just this was the saddest news in a while because they didn't just say, "Oh, it's just delayed a little bit." It's like this game might never come out. It mm-hmm. might never come together because three years of work is going to get scrapped. And that is, <laughs> that's that's. Like, I feel so
0: bad for that for that team, man. But at the same and, time, and we've lived these these kind of long pipelines for for some games. Like I said. Nicely of the Old Republic, a remake, is inevitable. Yeah. It will come one day. Yeah. I think it's probably much, much further away. Yeah. Closer yeah. to, like, the 2030 range. That's <laughs> so sad. Realistically. No, no. Realistically, no. I think that's what it's going to take. Yeah. Because if want to... Because, again, you can't half-ass a 50-hour RPG. And I think... Like... I, and honestly, what's going to happen probably i think is that they are going to decide they need to take this to a different team a different studio that's going to be able to do it the way they want it yeah and by the point that they've made that decision they're also going to decide we want to make this more canon oh that's that that, that's i this guaranteeing already happening it's already happening but i think they're going to be like they're going to reincorporate ground up like how do we make this completely like play to the acolyte that's now coming like yeah, how do yeah. we make a, so we can build to what we already know we're doing yeah. with old republic stuff how can we tie everything a little a little cleaner a
1: little How more, can we bring the old what, and the new together what you're saying is how do we cleanly tie the old republic to the high republic yes yeah
2: yeah cuz cuz right now there, there is none.
0: It's right. just like a thousand years happens, and then it's the High Republic. Look, even if, even if there's small things, I think they're going to try and find a cohesiveness. If they're going to take it to another team, they're going to put more money behind making it so, like, when it drops, it drops in like a you have to play this game, like Final to know Star Wars, Wars canon now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I mean, they, they've already again, like, it's, it's the smallest of things, but they call uh, in episode nine, they say the Revan core. Revan's got to show up sometime. You don't you don't use his name without in, in, integrating him into canon some way. Uh, so, I just wish it happened sooner rather than later, because KOTOR is one of my favorite games.
1: Yeah, I hope they hope they figure this out.
2: We'll see it in 2029.
1: Well, uh, no more sad news, though. Close enough, Sparks. Oh, God, yeah. Canceled after three seasons. Yeah, really shitty. Just sucks.
0: What a, what a loss for... Uh god his name is escaping me but what a loss for the team mm-hmm. honestly is this is, is this is this the olin one or no the olin what? rogers one no no this is not olin rogers that's that, a that already final oh, yeah. space that yeah. that already got kicked yeah um this, this is uh,
1: regular uh show. huh regular show
0: yes uh the the close enough is the uh adult life uh kind of yeah i remember that version again. of yeah um trying to remember the creator's name because it's like right there he's the voice of mordecai and everything hamish uh, uh jg quintel jg god uh jg quintel's like um it's so sad to have watched this show be put on the back burner for like five years when it was supposed to come out on tbs at forever ago and then finally get its hbo max debut be successful get two follow-up seasons, and then get nipped. And honestly, probably also for the same reason that Final Space got nipped, which is the merger. Yeah.
3: Um, they're just
0: making a lot of decisions right now to kind of ground up. If it's not a super well-established thing, they're kind of restarting a lot of things and reorganizing. And it looks like this is just another show that bit it, um, just based on the chatter I've heard around this show. And I know that for a fact with Final Space because Elon Rogers has been very upfront about the fact that Final Space got kicked to the side because of it got the shit end of the stick through both mergers. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I fear Close Enough has suffered the exact same thing. It's really shitty. Close Enough is fortunately not a show where like, oh man, now I don't get like the the final space is way more upsetting because that's a narrative-driven story, so it's very upsetting that the conclusion of that is not there. Very Metalocalypse feeling Mm -hmm. in losing that. Um, Close Enough doesn't have that same thing, but it's still a bummer. Like, this it's a very well-made, funny show. Um, three seasons, a lot of good content, but it deserved more.
1: Yeah, it
0: sucks. It does suck. Uh, I feel, I feel for that team. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and and optimistic for whatever Quintel does next,
1: and wherever this team goes. Uh, okay. Well, MGM has also lost the rights to the Tomb Raider franchise. Yeah, it sucked too. Just this one's a bummer. Slipped through their fingers, I guess. Um. A bidding war has begun to claim them, but because of this, the sequel, Tomb Raider 2, with Misha Green and Alicia Vikander, has been cancelled.
2: We're just going to get another reboot, I guess.
1: Yep. I don't have a lot of... Uh, like, you had me
0: at... Like, that That first Tomb Raider film was, like, good enough. Yeah. And you had me at bringing Vikander back and bringing on Mich- Misha Green. I yeah. was like, I'm there. I'm with you, baby. And now you've kind of completely
1: lost me again. Yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible that whoever picks up the rights will go forward with the sequel. It's more likely they'll want to reboot. There is still the Netflix series coming uh, that's set within the game continuity. The animated one, right? The animated one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, that, that's, a, that's a bummer. Uh, I want to say- <clears> The Terminator franchise for a while.
2: The rumor of what a new t- the new Tomb Raider game is is basically Laura tr- Lara training younger Tomb Raiders, and she's old old woman Lara. And I don't know if that's true, but if that's true, that's like my that's the trope I love more than anything. Uh, I would kill
0: for that. I I think it's really a bummer that Misha Green is so good, and this is the second project we've watched get Lovecraft Country get slipped out of their fingers. Yeah, Lovecraft. Oh Country. yeah, um, that's a shame yeah. that they've really put a lot of work into and just had taken away. I have to I have to imagine whoever picks this up
2: it's like y'all seem to be know what you're doing instead of rebooting everything let's just continue what was happening to make it easier that's
1: what you'd hope for but you know yeah Yeah. you think but uh she's still got black canary she does still have black canary oh yeah so that's that i'm i'm looking
0: forward to that it's just like misha green's clearly so talented and and was posting about a lot of work they were putting into not just lovecraft country season two which got nicked but um, this and sucks that that all just might go to nothing
1: and she loved the game. She played all the Survivor trilogy before she got this. She was it's she was it really sucks that all the work it sucks that all the work she puts into this just might never come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. All right, some good news then. Uh, Lilo and Stitch, the live action film, uh, Dean Fleischer Camp, uh, who directed Marcel the Shell with sh- Shoes On, ooh, uh, ha- is directing. Haven't
2: seen that movie yet but it's one of the highest rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's So it. it's,
0: it's encouraging. Yeah. I just in the context of like what that movie is, I don't know how much that translates to how meaning how good this will be. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's certainly like I'm happy to hear a director I'm interested in watching something from rather than like someone I don't
1: want on the property. Yeah. It it kind of makes me it kind of feels like I've I haven't seen the stuff looking at me. I haven't seen the sorry the dolls of the hallucinating a little bit. <laughs> Um, the I haven't seen Marcello Shell with shoes on, but I uh, uh, I am very curious about how much Paddington Two vibes I'll get from it, and so I kind of I kind of look at like you know that kind of like wholesomeness of, mm-hmm. of Paddington Two for this, and I kind of feel like okay, well if we're going that direction for Lilo and Stitch, I think it could be something kind of special. Um, Agreed. This could this almost feels like if you got the director for Paddington Two to do Lilo and Stitch, you know, it's like.
2: Just again, going from vibes of what that movie Marcel is, I okay. think this is a good match. Yes, I think the emotion. Again, this is gonna be like a Disney. Like, how much will they screw with it themselves? Yeah. But I think this is a really good choice, and like, it, it makes me go like, again, like you said, like more than more than any other director, I'd be like, okay, like I'm actually. Let me see what this your is, vision is.
1: This is the most interested I've been in this in this project,
0: because I think it's like I have a lot of faith in in the lilo and stitch possibility as a live action project i think there's a lot you can do to adapt it that yeah. makes more sense to me than a lot of the other ones they've chosen i agree yeah. um not only for like just in general the location and diversity shooting you get to have by making it live action is awesome yeah um but then just the potential of how you can ex- how, what you can do with the lilo and stitch story it, as your own project i think is is I don't think that the I don't believe that they're going to go to this as just being one to one. Yeah. I think yeah. this will be something special in its own way, um, and I always have. And this has always been on my list of like I think that this and and the films around the Lilo and Stitch age make more sense for their live action interpretations. Yeah, Lilo and Stitch is like it's it's like like almost like a Hawaiian ET. Like it's it's it's
1: very easy to do it I I am always on board for Disney to take a more Pete's Dragon direction than a Lion King direction. And that feels like where we're in the
0: ballpark of with something like Lilo and Stitch.
1: Yeah. Sweet. That piece Dragon
0: remake is very good.
1: Oh, it's so good. So good. Um, Mortal Kombat 2 is officially greenlight with Sa- Simon McCoy returning to direct.
0: Yay. Cool. Cool. I hope that script is a little better. I sure hope. <sighs> I don't even remember what the main guy's name is. The actor, Tony. Tony? I don't know.
2: It's Cole. His name's Tony. <laughs> Troy
1: yeah, I mean, Baker, the who? Troy Baker. Troy <laughs> Baker.
2: Um, <laughs> Armadillo Man. I hope he's he's maybe not the main character.
1: Yeah, Little King should be the main character, guys. What are you doing?
0: I honestly, you got a great cast. Any of them could be the main character. Just make someone who's from Mortal Kombat your main character. Importantly, That's all I'm just glad that we haven't gone the Power Rangers route. That little tease. We're gonna get our Johnny King. We actually are getting Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so. That's true. I forgot our Green Ranger, but we'll get our Johnny Cage. <laughs> I won't
2: say that Mortal Kombat movie is high art or anything, but man, that has
0: some of the coolest kills and some really fun, stupid shit. He's about to get his soul. It's sucked. very much. It's honestly very much in the Tomb Raider space for me. Yeah, where it's it like was it, was, it was good enough. I had a great time. Let's. Elevate. I hope that we elevate. Yes, exactly, and and that's right. what I'm hoping for with the Tomb Raider one. I'm hoping for that with
1: this. So let's yeah. let's let's find out who that script writer is going to be, <laughs> for sure. Kung Lao kills someone with a with his chainsaw. Uh. Hat, hat. Pretty yeah. great. Oh yeah, can't be Bring mad about that. Hat. Nitara the vampire queen. Thank you. Oh, sorry. There you um, uh, Creed spinoff is happening. Hell yeah! Called Drago.
2: I have not seen uh, Creed
1: two, but I have seen Creed one, and it is an exceptional movie. Exceptional. And I hear Creed two is also great, so that's fine. Creed two is very good. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but I do think it's very good. I oh, made- uh, Jonathan Majors is in three. Oh yeah, which is not out yet, right? No, not out yet. No. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, That's Michael great. B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is directing that one.
0: Yes, I heard.
2: That's
1: I cool. will,
0: I will catch up for Creed three when that comes out. Oh
1: yeah. The the second Creed introduces uh, Drago's son, and they go up against each other because um, Drago killed his uh, killed his dad. Apollo. Um, Apollo. Uh, so a spinoff film called Drago is coming. Uh, Robert Lawton is set to direct. No, oh, sorry, set to write. Um, I could not find anything on this guy's previous credits. Apparently, he's worked a little bit on the Rocky on the Creed films as like maybe a producer um but his last writing credit was in 2012 from a film called Crave. Mm, okay. I maybe
2: this know. is like his his big up and coming like i it's my time to shine.
1: maybe. um I'm curious about this one. I, I think there's a lot I think there's a lot to be mined with with it when when they were like we're going to do creed i was like that makes sense that makes sense creed makes a lot of sense Paula creed is a big role in those movies um y- you can bring back rocky as the mentor role drago is drago i'm curious about how much can, how much is there to mine there um especially you know you know we're probably going to it's probably going to be set all in russia um i'm curious i'm interested though i i would need to see
2: creed 2 to see the drago character because otherwise, like I just assume, oh, he's just like a bad guy, like his dad, but he's got to have yeah. more more depth than that if we're giving him his own
1: movie. Uh, he he, there's not a lot there, but there is yeah. more than what they did with with his dad. I would break you. Um, they also give um, who plays Drago? Adult Drago. What's Dolph Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Thank you. Um, there's a, they gave him a lot to do in Creed Two, which I really liked. Hell yeah, I gotta watch that movie now.
0: Yeah, be interesting. Yeah. We'll see aragon yeah weird too bad ben's not here yeah disney plus passionate
1: about this book series disney plus and 20th century television are developing a television series based on aragon the inheritance cycle i Uh, have never read the book seen the movie not very
2: good i have people on twitter are saying in the year of our lord 2022 that that book series is not good (laughs) I don't know if that's true. It was written by a child, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume that those people, most of those people, are right. Like, hey, those books don't age very well because was written by a 13 year old.
1: <laughs> I mean, most things are. You gotta look at them as a vacuum sometimes, but I've never read the book series either, so I can't say. Uh, I but, but speaking of the writer, Christopher uh, Paulini mm-hmm. uh, is going to co-write the series and executive produce. Is that the writer of the books? That's the writer of the books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Um,
0: there's a possibility because of exactly what you brought up um, that, and what you brought up that this is like I can kind of come back and do better. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that that's that's interesting because I think the Aragon books are pretty good in context, which is that as you said they were written by someone young. Yeah, and I think in context. It's rather impressive, yeah. and especially for like the, t- the time that it came out and everything, I'm like, this is bold, this is bold that this series was written by who it was and made the impact it did in the time of Harry Potter, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I do think there's value to the world and the story that they created. Um, are they like the most incredible books? Not necessarily. Did they nest? Did they need an adaptation? Frankly, I never felt so. Um, but the, there's what I'm most intrigued by is that. He's coming back. Paulini can come back and kind of like, I think I can improve even more on what I started. 20 years later? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And and that leaves room for this to be something really interesting. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It almost, if it's like
2: not a reimagining, but like, hey, we're doing this again, but I have 20 years of experience to make it better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, someone recently did that uh, where they're they're working on it and they're they're improving it as they go mm. and we talk about it i just
1: i can't think of the thing for the life Well, thing. that was what robert kirkman used to talk about the walking dead tv show he looked at it as improving some mistakes he made in the comics that didn't invincible it it's invin- invincible
0: it's invincible. sorry you kirkman and it's invincible invincible is what i'm thinking of where he's talked about like i've come back and i'm like i'm retooling the things as i go because i can improve with hindsight of what i want to do with it yeah, yeah. and this could be the same yeah. Kirkman was the right call. That that's exactly who I was trying
1: to think of. <laughs> the boys, um, together, uh, he's going to do with Bert Bert Salke, uh, who is also an executive producer on the Percy Jackson series and the Hitman series. Hitman, Hitman. uh, the current Percy Jackson series or the old? The current Percy Jackson. Hitman, series? okay. Hitman, what? We've talked about a Hitman TV series before, not in a while. Lie um. Lie. But yeah, so uh, I I I do I I do think there's a there's a sense of of Disney looking to. You know, we're doing this with Percy Jackson. We'll do this with Aragon. Sure. Because they've inherited they've inherited both from 20th Century Fox.
0: Yeah, they did. Well, Disney always. I know that uh, 20th Century Fox took the Percy Jackson rights, but Percy Jackson was always in house in a sense because Disney owned the books. Hyperion. Um, uh, But um, I think that there's just a clear. There's a more clear path for Percy Jackson adaptation to be beneficial
1: and important for them. Mm-hmm. Aragon, I'm a little more like maybe yeah. we'll see. This, this, this to me—not to be too cynical, but this just feels like you know Percy Jackson's getting some buzz. Let's do Aragon next. I found a headline: Agent Forty Seven voice actor says Hitman TV series is dead. Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, it blames it on COVID. Apparently,
0: uh, yeah. I. I think the most appealing part about this is the the fact that Paulini could come back and like possibly possibly improve on what he did before. Maybe it, maybe he won't. Maybe it'll be compl- too wrapped up in like what it used to be trying to execute that exactly. And that might not work. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. There's some cool dragon lore stuff in that series. So bring back John Malkovich. Avengers, the King Dynasty. Oh, no. He's in the movie. Is he? Yeah. Who's he? He's the bad guy in the movie. Oh my god, I don't remember that. The... I only remember Jeremy Jeremy Irons. Oh no, twice.
2: he's the good. Sorry, Jeremy. I'm. I didn't think Jeremy Irons was in it because he's in another Bad
0: Dragon movie, Dungeons uh-huh. and Dragons. Yeah. John Malkovich is the good guy. He's like the guy. No. who... Tra- no you're right Jeremy Irons trains him. that's who I'm thinking of oh. Jeremy Irons was in the Aragon movie and trains him and that's who I remember Got it. John... I do not remember John Malkovich John Malkovich the is the bad guy and he reveals right. the dragon at the end I trust you yeah, yeah, I yeah. do not remember it I watched that movie one time and it was not good
1: <laughs> same <laughs> uh, yeah John Malkovich is the bad guy I forgot about that John um,
0: Malkovich.
1: Avengers the King Dynasty we talked a little bit about it in our Comic Con episode go check that out uh, we now know who the director of that film will be destin daniel Cretton, the director of shang chi and the legend of the ten rings is going this to direct is, this is cool
0: i am excited i'm very glad it's not the russos i'm yeah. really glad that it's a different director for this and secret wars yes I agree. yes I think they,
1: they, said, uh, they said they said they're going to look for a different director for secret wars but they're going to film back to back i think that's very good very smart i really like what Cretton did overall overall Shang-Chi. yes
0: um you know, there's stuff about the third act I don't like, but I also don't really lay that at his feet. Yeah. Um. So I, but but those same problems could happen here. Uh. But this gives me a lot of faith. What I am kind of bummed about is that this means Cretin's probably not doing anything else in between. He's not doing the sequel for Shang-Chi, right. for Sure. Yeah, and that's that's that I find a little bit of a
1: problem. Well, so he is still, as of now, he is still attached to the sequel, and the Wonder Man TV series, unofficially uh uh you know from he could be producing it but right i, right. I don't but think that's what that's
0: what i mean is like unofficially um yeah. i'm
1: i because like Cause both of those both of those projects are technically not even announced by marvel at this point
0: yeah yeah uh that's that's what i mean it's like i we'll see i can easily see the path where he ends up not not on one of those projects because that's 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 only three years from now yeah yeah uh and that scale is uh, you know I, I can very easily see that he's going to have to put all his focus on to yeah. preparing for that. So, I, there's uh, no time for two movies. I don't, yeah. I don't suspect that there's going to be as much of him on, on the sequel, which is a, a little bit of a bummer, but I am pleased that he's getting this opportunity. I will say I am I am probably less
2: hot on Shang-Chi than you guys, but I still really like it. I know the action is going to be good, at least. Yes. If there's one thing he has an eye for, it's great action. Uh, So, like, I know the movie's going to look sick, no yeah. matter what, at least. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, yeah, it's not even. It's not even that. Is that he he knows to bring in the right people mm-hmm. uh, for Shang Chi. He brought in really talented action choreo- choreographers, mm-hmm. uh, and he'll he'll probably do the same for Kang Dynasty.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's good. There's really good potential in this. People this
2: are speculating, and there's literally no way to like know if this is true. But like, people are speculating that it's John Watts who's going to do Secret Wars. I don't know. If I, I I would be okay with that. I think
0: that dude after No Way Home, I think that's a triumph. Um, you know who I you know who I want to do it. I want John Favreau. I have a hmm. I have a really hard time believing Watts would do it. Yeah, only because those things are one year apart. Fantastic Four and Secret Wars are one. He's year apart. He's not doing Fantastic Four though. Remember,
1: he's, he, he dropped that's it. right. He, oh, he, he did. No, it. that's Secret what I'm before.
2: saying. People are we are assuming he dropped it to do. Got it. They asked him to do the bigger movie. Got it.
1: Because he, he be cool. the, the the line was when he dropped Fantastic Four is that he didn't want to go from a superhero movie to a superhero movie. Yeah. Got it. Um, okay, I forgot about that. That'd I be interesting. legitimately I've been thinking about this a lot. I don't understand. No, that's not that's not true. That's not the way to say that. I I, I want to see Favreau direct an Avengers movie, and I'm surprised he hasn't. I was surprised. I don't think he wants to. Back in 2012, I was surprised that Regardless, that's what I'm, I'm saying. What I what I would like to see, like back in 2012, I was surprised that it wasn't him doing Avengers. I was happy it was Whedon at the time, but now we've gotten so far where I'm just like, you know, I'd like to see his eye on an Avengers movie. I'll put it uh, this way: if he's down it. to do it, I'm so I, I'd I'd love to. I'll put it this way: John Favreau almost never directs things that he doesn't
0: write himself at this point,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I don't really want him to write it for sure, because I don't think he's capable of writing that many characters. If I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. If
0: he's willing to direct it and someone else write it, I'm more on board. But he almost never directs anything he isn't writing himself at this point. And I don't really want him to write an Avengers movie.
1: Yeah, I am just I'm just saying like a, a, a No, I hear you.
0: I hear you the amount there's an amount where I think it makes sense. Um but I don't uh, yeah. I, I, I just want
2: sense. someone fresh.
0: I'm happy with, with
2: Dustin doing king dynasty but i just really i really want them to continue to bring in fresh people especially for
0: these big movies um like i think it i think it should be i think it should be someone who's worked on not necessarily a marvel movie but something of like someone recently was talking about like the 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 loss of the middle movie meaning we've lost the tier of like film ma- making education how to use budget and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah and i think i like infinity war and Endgame, and i like the russo brothers and what they did in a general sense but I do think that there's an amount of loss of sense of filmmaking graded scale and that understanding. And I do think, like, having someone who's had more experience with a budget film rather than, like, throwing somebody into the deep end with Avengers yeah. is is still the right way to go. Yeah, that's fair. Um, frankly, I think it'd be really cool, but I'm going to wait to see the Marvels to say this 100% if it was Nia Dacosta.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I man, I'd to, I'd like to see that too. I, I think that's kind of where I'm coming from of like because I also remember that discussion of like you know we've lost that because that we've lost the mid-budget movie. We, we don't, there we don't. Nobody is learning how to use special visual effects anymore in that kind of way. And so just being jumped into an Avengers movie. So if you get someone I think, like from an indie place to do an Avengers movie, I don't want to see that. Which is why I think Destin Daniel Cretton is a good choice because he did Shang Chi and now he's going into Avengers. Yes. I think um, I think the good example of how that has gone wrong is Colin Trevorrow.
0: Yes. Uh, it, 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 everything that he lost in the sense of how to make a film going from the indie throne to the blockbusters. Um, he's the perfect example of like how that hasn't worked. True. Yeah. Uh and and I do think someone had a great point of like, you know, why does why did see Spielberg become such a great filmmaker for these? Because it's because he did it in pieces slowly mm-hmm. in his career. He he amped himself up to these things. Same and I James do think hammered. like I do think Avengers films, specifically Avengers films, would benefit from someone who has at least Gone the scale a little bit. You know, it will never happen. But could you freaking imagine a two
2: hundred and fifty million dollar Sam Raimi Avengers movie? Oh my gosh! That
1: it would. It's never. It.
2: it would never happen. But like, take what he did on Multiverse of Madness and give it like a hundred more million dollars, and I'm like
0: that's what i want but that's just like a pipe see room. this to me that would have been the the as we talked about in the comic-con special the age of ultron for this time mm-hmm. the the in-between avengers films before you get to your infinity war end game equivalent yeah, yeah he would have had that film yeah. and i think he would have nailed it because you don't have the full stakes of like the entire universe is riding on it yeah, yeah. but a good avengers film yes
1: 100 i think he could do it I just yeah. want him to come back in any capacity. A million percent. I think in a, in a similar vein, someone like again, the, because I'm I'm only spitballing. These are people who had never in a million years do an Avengers movie. But like James Gunn, I would love to see James Gunn do an Avengers movie. He sure. has mentioned a billion times he's not interested in doing one. Yeah. Um, but he he is the kind of that kind of caliber director. James Gunn, Sam Raimi, John Favreau, all these people we mentioned. Like those are the people that I want to see that that space. I want to see that space do an Avengers movie
3: yeah
1: see every once in a while like i think of the harry
2: potter movies and then we had like a bunch of good directors then we got like alfonso Kiran, who was like no offense to anyone else a art artsy fartsy director mm-hmm. in the middle of the franchise you get the one movie that's not like any of the other movies and i just want that i want more of that for marvel that's why i love sam raimi doing dr
3: strange oh,
1: because that's what that- yeah that's a really good point because you had you had Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus did two of them. He's got a really distinctive voice. Those are great movies. You got about Franzic Huron. He's got a really distinctive voice. That's a great movie. And then after that, who directed the rest? David Yates mostly. Who directed Four though?
0: Uh God, I forget his name, but I used to know it because I actually kind of like what he did with Four.
1: Right, but that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. That's where I think that's where I think the problem lies is because those films stop having a distinctive visual style, Mike like Newell. the first three did. Thank you. Who is it, Mike? What? Mike Newell. Mike Newell, who did four weddings and a funeral, <laughs> which is a great comedy. Yeah, I, I, uh, I uh, I'd like to see Christopher Columbus tackle a tackle a Marvel movie, not an Avengers movie. I'd like to see him tackle a Marvel movie. I'd be into that. Yeah. Have him do Young Avengers. Oh hell yeah!
0: All right. Yeah. I think I think my overall take is that because those Avengers films are coming so soon, um, I bet that changes. Right, but I mean, like, let's let's just say the hypothetical no, yeah, yeah. of the the three years from now and the production of it. Yeah, this is why I'm saying, like, you know, what we said earlier about Cretton, Same deal with like whoever else steps in. I hope that they have the gap. Like, it's not somebody who. I hope it's not somebody who's coming in and doing Fantastic Four and then they're being thrown to Avengers: Secret Wars because like you need more time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah I don't think Spielberg would want to go from Fantastic Four to Secret Wars.
0: I oh God, nothing. Oh my God,
1: dude, I would lose
0: my mind. Spielberg doing <laughs> uh, any of them. Fantastic Four is the one.
2: It is yeah. yeah. I I see dude, I see the, I see the trailer in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like losing my mind at a fake movie that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man,
1: right. J- James Cameron is a good example of uh of a director who um you know cut who you know cut his teeth on smaller budget visual effects films and then Yeah. On up. I
0: I will tell you who I would flip my shit if he was on Secret Wars for director. And then I want to stop this pontificating cuz we have a lot to do. Yep. Um because he's already in the pocket a little bit, it's James Mangold. Oh yeah. Because he's got mm. Indie Five coming around the corner and he's had that progressional career. Oh yeah. He could take Secret Wars he's and done... run wild with it. He's done, yeah, two superhero movies before this, the two Logans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, Lo- the two Logans and and Indie five. So he's in the pocket with Disney.
1: And he's oh, had man. that career.
0: That would that would give like the gravitas to like a big
2: Avengers movie too. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a good choice.
1: God, they might it might not look like a murky gray. Mm-hmm. All right, I
2: love talking
0: to the MCU with y'all. It's always a good time. Yeah, that was fun.
1: Trailer, Sparks talk about Lock and Key Season 3.
0: Oh, shit, I forgot to watch it.
1: Um, right. Let's talk I about... was watching the trailers with Ryan,
0: so I, I, I just skipped it because I didn't want him to see it. Look, I'm stoked that that show's coming. I like that first trailer. Uh, I like those first two seasons. Y'all should watch it. It's a great show. Awesome. I'm coming back to it soon. A soon, soon, soon. couple weeks ago, The Munsters trailer dropped. Okay, so... um, I have a take on this that I'm it's maybe me being hopeful and optimistic. so'll I'll lay that out and then I'll let Ryan say what he wants to say, which is that I think this is a bad trailer on purpose. Uh, I think this is Rob Zombie saying like going for a vibe of a of a type of B movie and a type of thing that he knows the monsters existed in. And he's laying that out. and to him, Rob Zombie is the type of person where this could be true and it couldn't be. but um where he's saying basically like if you're a real one, you know what I'm coming to the table for. Um, and you know why I'm making a trailer like this. And if you aren't, then F you, get (laughs) out of here, you ain't gonna like it. And uh, and that's to say that there's a lot of shots in this trailer where you can't hear what they're saying in the shots. We're hearing the overlay dialogue, but it's not what's in context of the scenes that are interestingly set up. There's something artsy happening there. And I'm wondering if there's more to that story than what we're being fed in this trailer. Because again, I think it's a bad trailer on purpose. That's my read. I could be way wrong. This could just be a bad movie, Um, but I think this is bad on purpose. I think he's obscuring what the film's actually going to be doing. Yeah, Uh, that's my take, and I will acknowledge it's me being optimistic. I, we're both big Rob Zombie fans here of the of his
2: filmography. Um, I want to believe, like just like the X Files, I want to believe everything my friend Sparks here is saying. Um, this just and Rob Zombie said like, "Hey, this is the cheapest movie I ever made." Like it's it's it it, it, this is what it looks like and like I just it I don't think it looks visually appealing. I there's there's a difference between like being a low budget movie and this looks like I could have shot this on my iPhone. Like it's 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 a type of cheap where I'm like, did you have to go this cheap? That's why like I think Sparks might be on something. Like there's something that they're not showing us about this movie. There has to be otherwise. Like I this looks bad. Like this does look bad um the acting is very over the top but again like you know the 60s monster stuff like that's the thing on purpose i get that but generally like i like raw trailers and like i see what he's trying to go for i just don't know if it worked i just don't know if it works
0: and i need to see the full movie to to really see it because like i'm not seeing it in this trailer there's something in those visuals of that again like we're not hearing the context of these scenes there's something about like the story of herman and her falling in love Yeah, yeah that i feel like that's gonna be the heart of the movie, and that might actually be good because mm-hmm. he's doing all these interesting setups of shots and things like what is Herman doing on that plane? Like why what, is he an astronaut? What, what are what are all of these things? And I'm like, there could be something really rich here that I don't think the trailer is showcasing, and I do think it's on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh I will say I for me, I like the color. The color is really distinct and popping both in lighting and the design of the characters, and I'm in I'm appealed to it. Um but it's I I really want to believe it's a bad trailer on this. Yeah. I really do. I do agree
2: with the colors. Like I liked how like it reminds me of like the Universal Classic Monsters in their full color. Yeah, yeah. Like it is a it is very vibrant, for better or worse, with how with with how how like the cinematography is. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely going for a bright color. And something Rob Zombie doesn't really do. He's he's a rated R dark gory man. And he's really trying something he's never done before, which is really
0: cool. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. The one thing I will take away from it is that because I think this is a bad trailer on purpose, I also think this is a B movie on purpose. But yes. I don't think that means that it's devoid of something that could be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I'm holding out hope that there is still something that's that's genuinely more. I've liked more Rob Zombie movies than I've disliked. So yeah, like same. I I
2: I want to believe. Uh, and it probably is like a bad movie on purpose. But unfortunately, I don't think the trailers help show that it's a good version of that. You know? I didn't like
0: his second to last film much at all was it lord of salem or that that was 31 31 gotcha uh i was not very i there are things i liked about it but overall i didn't like it um and uh it it deserves a rewatch but there's stuff about it that just doesn't work for me and then i never heard anything particularly Good, making me want to watch the Devil Rejects. See follow up, which I still want. Oh, to. I was about to say the devil's Rejects. No, 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 no. Because I never felt <laughs> Three like from hell revisited them. Three from hell. No, because spoiler, and, they died at the end of that movie. <laughs> and and I don't. There was never anything that made me feel like oh, I need to go watch Three from Hell. No, from I what agree. I heard, and I still want need to give it a chance. At, so I can't say I don't like it. We'll watch, but it one I'm day. nervous about it. We can watch it one day. So we'll see. He might have lost some of his touch. We'll see. I yeah. don't know. That's, true. That's enough about the monsters. Unless Brandon wants to say something cool about it.
1: This movie was never going to appeal to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh interview with the vampire. This is actually the only Comic-Con news we have today. Uh yeah, interview
0: with the vampire. Um this looks like this looks like a cool different approach to doing the book. This is a um, more... from the from the film. Um I haven't read the book but people online are saying this this looks like a more accurate portrayal actually. Yes, it it, uh, it does and it looks like it's going to go for like some of the homoeroticism to it as well. and um, I they said,
1: they said at the panel that the subtext between the two has been made text.
2: Yeah. And I think that's good. Yeah. I love that. That original movie, that 94 uh, uh, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, young uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst movie. Excellent, excellent movie, but it is very much subdued because it came on the nineties and you can't be, you can't be gay on screen. Um, and, and Anne
0: Rice's. Anne Rice is sexual as hell. Bro, she is that
2: movie so. She is an ally. Yeah, yeah.
0: And they take away that allyship and all of her stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. I
2: think this looks. I think it uh, looks great. I am, and it's got one of the. It's got a worm, uh, a gray worm from Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like that actor. Uh, I, I think it visually looks really great, and like I'm, I like a good period piece with vampires. Like I think it's shot really well. Looks really pretty. The I I feel the sensual like sexuality in this trailer. And that's like,
0: that's like, that was very really appealing to me. Like,
2: man, like they're good. This is like, this is a sexy show.
0: Yeah. I think that, I think there's a lot that they can do with this. So I'm, I'm happy for them.
1: And they said it's the first entry in the um, something universe, but they, they are going all in on all of Anne Rice's.
0: Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of books and <clears throat> um, books that are in the series and then are interconnected to the series and um, Anne Rice has run a lot of, of stuff. So I, I, uh, frankly, I was a little surprised that it's taken us long to, to get to really expanding on what Anne Rice has offered. Um, famously, there's actually some really great comics adaptations of her books that are out there. Um, uh, I, I'm glad that it's coming at a time where they can really bring the subtext to the, to the text, as you said, Brandon.
2: Yeah, and it and it being a TV show, they could really like expand and go into all like the stuff that like the the movie just and these could. characters. And, yeah, yeah,
1: because yeah. these characters are rich. Yeah, yeah. Orphan first kill.
0: I like the trailer. It's what it seems well shot. Yeah. I agree with Ryan in what he said when we watched it that it feels more or less like it might just be retreading. Just how valuable is it to know the twist already?
1: I haven't it, seen it, Orphan.
0: It's I I think it's great. I really I think it's legitimately
2: like really really good. Uh I think the twist is great. I think all the characters are great. Um the thing about this being a prequel is like we, we know, we know the twist and this just looks like we're kind of redoing the first movie, uh, just more of it,
0: which isn't a bad thing. Like it could stand on its own. It's like you a can fun, build, good horror movie. You can put a lot of tension in for, you kind of have to see it. I'm not going to ruin it for you, Brandon, mm-hmm. but you kind of have to see the original for this film to work Yeah, because it seems the point is for you to know what the twist is and that build the tension of it. Hmm. It's, I think it's worth watching. I think it's pretty good. It's, it's possible that they've utilized that well. It's also possible that it might just it might just feel like rehash. Yeah. Um. Like the things the things like in this trailer,
2: it's a lot of like. There's like there's like a, a what's it called black light black light painting stuff, which is a big reveal in the first movie, and they're kind of just showing it in this. Um. So like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like. They're playing all the clues. They're playing. They're playing the greatest hits of of, of the first movie, kind of. Um. So like, I really got to see like is did you have an actual story to tell? Did you just want to make another one? Um, And right now it kind of seems like they just wanted to make another one, which again, it could be a fun second story, but I don't see much being added. Uh, But it's got Julia Stiles and I'm a big fan of her. I like her, so.
1: So It's a prequel, but is it the same girl who played the orphan in the first film?
2: Yep. She's got the aging going going on on her face.
1: Oh, does she? I thought she looked weird. Yeah, yeah. Um... Your
0: mileage may vary on how, how much you thought they should have gone for that or not
1: uh all right bodies bodies bodies
0: i liked the energy of the first
1: trailer more but i feel like i have a better understanding of who our characters are from this one yeah yeah i was actually more interested in this one because uh i got to know a bit more of the characters and it didn't didn't feel like they were just kind of like party we're all gonna die it just felt it felt like there were more there is more there now um i also didn't realize that um the girl from borat too, mia bakalova was in this oh Mm -hmm. is she She's the she's the the new girl. Oh, cool. I'm.
0: I've heard a lot of good buzz, so I'm hopeful. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I I love the cast. I do think the first trailer is like a better like like punch trailer. Like, yo, this is what the movie is. But this one definitely does like introduce you to the characters and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm still definitely interested. Is this a movie or a Hulu thing? Movie, movie. Okay, cool. Um, I I really like Pete Davidson. I'm a big fan of that guy. Uh, He's just a goofy goober. So like, I'll I'll support that guy. Uh, Pearl. Lee Pace is in it too. Yeah, Pearl. Ooh, this is a prequel to a movie none of us have seen.
0: Yeah, I kind of, I'm, I, I kind of wish I hadn't watched it, but it's okay. Um, I need to see X. Yeah, this looks I, cool. I need to see X.
1: I don't understand. Obviously, I haven't seen X, so I don't understand the connection. But I thought this looked really great. It's the main girl from that movie is the main character in this movie. I didn't want I, you to tell me? But no,
2: she's in the poster. I've never seen the movie either. She's on the poster for X.
1: Why well, didn't I didn't wait? The main girl from from X is a is a different girl. I thought.
0: No, not no. you're not. Yeah, yeah, you're not not the no? main girl. The, the woman who's living in the house oh, yeah, that okay. they go to in X. She's
1: she's the, she's one of the stars of the movie.
0: Yeah, she's not the main girl because the main girl is the little the younger sister from. Wait, um,
1: is this pretty... is the girl that we're following in this movie? Is she the old lady in the in X? Yes. Oh, see, that's what I didn't want to know. Okay. She's not the old lady, she's just in it.
0: Isn't she the old lady? No, she is the same.
2: She's like a couple years older in X. This is the same This is yeah. what happens when you haven't watched a movie. Yeah, she is just right, a, she on is on a character in that movie, and now she's getting a prequel, which kind of reveals, I guess, what the movie's about in the first one.
0: Samaritan. Oh it looks it looks cool and colorful. Yeah, I think it looks great. I want to watch it, but I also want to watch X. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Samaritan. Samaritan looks to me like a higher budget slightly less uh story stuff arch enemy Mm
3: -hmm.
0: hancock yeah um there's some cool there's some cool action moments for sure um i'll wait for reviews i i'm i
2: am interested in watching a old old old, old, sloan's been an old man forever uh but watching like old man superhero like coming out of retirement like i always always dig that story when done well uh but i'll wait for some reviews for this one
1: the kid was in Umbrella Academy season three this year. Ooh, good for him. Uh, he's good in that. Uh, yeah, I've been interested in this one for a bit. I was, uh, to be honest, a little disappointed finally seeing the trailer because I I heard this was coming out about three years ago, um, and it was still Stallone. I actually thought Arch Enemy was this when we first saw the trailer for Arch Enemy. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, so seeing this now, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, it looks all right. I hope there's more to it. I. Judging from the trailer, it doesn't look like. Yeah, Uh, they slash them.
2: I uh, I'm just I just want to see this movie. I'm ready for it. I think the trailer is a little heavy-handed. Like, hey, do you get how clever the name is? Yeah, no, I do. You don't need to explain it. I get it. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: But uh, I agree with that. Yeah, I. uh, uh, But like, all the actors look great. Uh, I like that. That it's full on. Like, this is a conversion camp. Bad shit happens. We don't want you to be gay. And then, like, and the gay people are the heroes. Like, I think that's fantastic. Um, I'm glad it didn't reveal a lot, like who the killers could possibly be. I think, like, the the killer's mask is very cool. It's like a half and half, like almost two face looking face. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very interested in this. I really
0: hope it's good.
1: I like this trailer quite a lot. Uh, yeah. a lot. I'm excited for this. Thanks, for <laughs> that. Also coming out August fifth, which is next week. It is. That's wild. Day shift.
0: Yeah,
2: Jamie Fox. This looks this looks really fun.
0: Yeah, combined with the behind the scenes thing that we watched a while back, um, I I have confidence that this is going to be a good action time. Yeah, um, I like the energy between Fox and Franco, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm more or less uh, hot for this, hoping it's going to land well.
1: Good,
2: good vampire kills, some really
1: fun looking decapitations. So yeah, at mm-hmm. least
2: the action will be hot. That's true.
1: Looks, um, it's got some at least funny dialogue in some places. I I I, I laughed each time I watched the bit when he goes, um, everybody pisses their pants the first time. They, they, well, no, no, but, but, but you did.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't, but you did.
1: <laughs> um, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I think it looks really inventive and, and, uh, uh, it's not the director of John Wick, but it's one of the choreographers on the film. One of the same yes. people on the film is directing it. Um, the people who taught him how to kick ass. Yeah. And Chad Stahelski is, is producing it. And so like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited I he's hope a, they, they seem the
0: it's a producing they seemed very confident with like how much of the action was real and how much of it they were doing, like we saw the contortionists in the feature oh, yeah, the
1: motorcycle
0: chasing and all that all that's so real, and they were very focused on doing as much real action as they could, mm-hmm. and the movie seems to have a fun energy so i'm 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 pretty stoked, I think it'll be good, yeah, yeah, oh, and I love the idea of like the vampire market, the underground market for just I got a vampire thing for you, yeah oh, yeah. My, <laughs> yeah. How much is that
1: worth? <clears throat> Halloween ends. Uh
0: this trailer is fine. Um I am Can nervous. we talk about how good the 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 Instagram marketing is though? The the Godzilla versus Kong thing I was absolutely afraid of after yeah, yeah. Halloween kills. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um uh the we talked about this on on the Instagram thing where it's like Michael Myers. Lori Strode. She, like bomb Like <laughs> Clash her. Of Titans. Her face comes from the shadows. The saga ends. And it's literally like a boxing match between 2 70 seven-year-olds. I yeah. think I think I am nervous that we've what was good about Halloween twenty eighteen was that it wasn't about Michael Myers versus Lori Strode. Lori Strode just thought it was. Mm-hmm. And what I fear is that Halloween ends might be saying, nah, it's about
1: Lori Strobe versus- Bob I, Biles. and- and But that's what Halloween there's... kills. That's what Halloween kills was also, it was walking that line, right? It wasn't explicitly saying it wasn't, but it wasn't explicitly saying it was. R- right. Well, and that's the whole thing is like, if, if
0: this film is all about Lori still making it like, She's now making it about her because of I'm not gonna spoil the movie for people who still haven't seen it. Um but but for how Halloween Kills ends and she's making it about it's personal. her. I don't I don't mind that. But um I hope that's there's something else to the film than just that. I hope this isn't just Lori strode out to catch Michael. Yeah. Uh and that's the movie. I
2: I am a little less hot on the trailer, cause like I know it's i know we've been doing this for 40 years but like the heavy marketing of like it's time for the saga to end i'm like i don't feel like it's like a nine nine episode like mega series like it's you know what i mean like it they're putting very finality to like make it seem like it's really important not that it's not but i don't like i don't like the boxing match uh type of marketing it's doing also uh i've heard some early rumblings from people who've seen the movie and the the new stuff in the movie is apparently really really bad mm-hmm. uh and it takes away from michael and Lori. Uh, and I'm really worried. I really hope it's not true. I pray it's not true. Cause this trailer was like, oh yeah, maybe this movie's not gonna be good. Oh, that's a bummer. Cause I'm not not as hot on the last one. Um
1: you know, I, I think all of us, I think all of us agree that we we really did not like the last Halloween. Movie. Yeah, oh,
0: I like the last one a lot. Except except until for the, the last five minutes or so. It's a ball buster. There's a lot ending. I like about that that second one until the end.
1: There's <laughs> there's yeah. there's a lot that I've soured on, I think. Perhaps uh, because like the whole mob mentality, the whole mob mentality thing was so poorly handled. Sure. I just don't think that worked very well. Wanna in the movie. The
0: monsters. <laughs> and honestly, like now, now with this trailer here, I'm wondering if like it, it was a mistake to do that in that movie and not make that this movie. Yeah. The town yeah. looking for Michael after everything he did. True. Because yeah. like, I think that's the thing we murdered so many townspeople trying to catch michael like in fight. halloween in halloween kills he killed so many people in the town this feels like the movie where, like why are we focused on just laurie's revenge this why are, is the town's revenge on michael yeah why do people be why do people still live here
1: um real quickly i've been looking at mag's comment suspiciously they both acted by the same actress talking about pearl and i looked it up and yes uh mia goth plays two different characters in pearl and x interesting oh okay um but she, is she in
3: both
1: movies. but she is in both movies but she's too, she plays a different character. I need to watch the movies. Yeah,
0: I just need to watch them. That means nothing to me anymore. But yeah, Halloween ends I'm I'm I want to be hopeful Jamie Lee Curtis has a lot of passion for it, cares about it. Yeah. Wants us to land for the fans, wants us to land for her. Said that she, you know the end of Laurie's story here is very profound and emotional to her. I'm glad. So I hope that that reflects well in the film and lands for the audiences. But I'm nervous as shit. I'll tell you what: when we get a second
2: trailer, and they reveal more of the story, and if I see some of the stuff that I heard in the rumors, then I, I, I will not have a good feeling. About I did not.
0: Movie. I did not get as pumped from this trailer as I did for the first one. For Halloween Kills. I'll say that. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh,
1: well, the first one, for Halloween Kills, is very good. Uh, what's up? Is the one where the she's on the, they're going away and then the the fire engines come, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah,
1: that's very good trailer. Remembered! Don't worry, darling. Man, this movie looks so good. I Bro, I wait. this was like my favorite.
2: I think I think the first trailer it's a more like tone piece trailer, but I love that first trailer. And this one definitely gives you a little more like kind of what's going on. Yeah, but not really. Um, I'm still 100 2,000 into this movie. Yeah. so hard. I think it's. It looks super creepy, super like super ethereal, like what is real, what's not real. Um very like 21st century Stepford Wives. Um yes. good for Olivia Wilde doing a big crazy sci-fi movie. Uh
0: big, big Harry Styles mood that I'm in this year. <clears throat> very, very good cast. Yeah, I'm glad I'm I'm stoked for where this put Chris Pine very clearly. Oh Center. yeah, he looks super sinister. That. That? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mr.
2: Sinister. Oh. Mr. Sinister.
1: I thought this looked really, really great. Chris oh, yeah. Pine
0: would be a great Mister
1: Sinister.
2: He actually, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, him and horrible bosses, yeah, is really
0: good.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I was really stoked for this from the first trailer. Um, this trailer doesn't give us any more, really. We just still don't know what's going on, uh, and I, uh, I'm really happy about that. And I just think it all looked very intriguing and very ethereal and it's something that I'm, I'm super stoked to
0: see this also has one of my favorite posters that's out there for a movie in a while um if you haven't seen it it's the harry styles and florence Pugh like at the car she's kissing him it's the nice home and it's the bright blue sky but if you go all the way to the top of the poster then it's water with a plane crashing into it mm, that's good and i and it's such a evocative but very vague and abstract poster i think it's very good the thing I'm not worried about this movie at all, but like
2: oh. it's clearly like there's a hidden secret or or like a twist. They're like, oh, what is
0: the Victory Project? And I hope mm-hmm. that is I hope that's like satisfactory. They all have the same how I met my husband story. Yes. And when she reveals that at the dinner table and they're all yeah all yeah. the wives are really uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering I'm wondering if this really is like modern stuff for wives or like, oh, they're all robots or
1: something. Yeah, they're
0: all clones. Uh but but they've all them. been tricked into the
1: project. Yeah, yeah. Brainwashed. Uh, sorry i guess i cut out pinocchio pinocchio this, i love
2: this looks so good i love that he's an actual just an actual wooden
0: boy like straight up this wood man love it i love the vibe uh i love what it looks like del toro's putting on display here i think it, i think it looks really good mm-hmm. i think the music's really nice too
2: yeah yeah i'm glad it's like very distinctly like no this is a del toro movie like we're not redoing pinocchio watch that tom
0: hanks movie and very colorful
1: yeah mm-hmm yeah, I think this looks gorgeous. I'm really excited for this. I love the interpretation of the the, the Blue Fairy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They look cool. Big Blue Fairy. Um, Ewan McGregor is the only voice we hear in this, right?
0: He... Oh, yeah. And there's something... Uh, no, I think we do hear another voice because we, like, we hear the Blue Fairy. Do we? Because they say, like, oh, yeah, you're the wooden boy blessed with a soul or something like that. And they also say, like, I feel as if you've been here before. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, interested if this, I'm interested if they are doing like a, a slight repetition thing and it's like a, yeah stay with him make him happy and I'm like oh what what is this Geppetto's <laughs>
1: done this before yeah. yeah because it's the the idea of Pinocchio being Geppetto's reincarnated, reincarnated dead son
2: yeah. yeah I love that yeah get ready for extra sadness
1: okay shall we do our main topic All right, friends, we're here to talk about Paper Girls. May I ask, can I bounce real quick? Yeah. I'm not feeling very good. I need to take some medicine. I'll be back soon. Okay, sounds good. Sure. We'll sit here. Oh, bounce, bounce. Yeah, bounce, bounce. Okay. All right,
0: so uh, we're talking Paper Girls. We're going to talk about volume one, which is the first five issues of the show, and we're going to talk about uh, you and me. Uh, We're going to talk about the first episode slash you two episodes. I watched two episodes? Of the Amazon Prime adaptation Peeper Girls it is, out now.
2: It is Sunday. This came out on Friday. So, unfortunately, I don't think we have enough time. it was a time. busy weekend. It was a busy week, and, like, they released that whole season at once. So sorry, y'all, that's a lot of shit to watch in, in a day or two. So, uh, I yeah. got two episodes in only. Yep. I only got one. Yeah. Um, well, what do you want to, uh, I forgot. It's been so long since we've done this. Um... Do you want to start? We're with- it? like we kind of like just back and forth. Back and forth. So aren't we? Sp- sp- this is a little weird. Let's start with the comic. Spoilers for the comic because the comic goes further, but also at the same time, it doesn't make it doesn't. The show and the, the comic are doing different things while doing the same thing. Yeah, at the same this time. things that happen a lot. With which these. is which is fun. Um, <clears> I love the comic. I think the comic. I was reading this when originally came out, and I dropped it after the first volume just because five years ago there's a lot of comics coming out. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely love. Uh, the art, Cliff Chang, is incredible. Uh, I think it being you know a fun 80s story that takes place in the future is really fun. Dinosaurs show up, future speak shows up, uh, cool teenage mutant boys show up, teenage mutant ninja boys show up. Um, I had a great time with the with the
0: first volume for sure. I think the comic is really inventive. Yeah, a lot of the stuff going on really works for me. Yeah, um, I I like the 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 kind of bewilderment of how, how and what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think it's very, like, un- you're unfolding the layers very well as you're going through the comic. And yeah. I think that works a lot. Because um, I like, uh, I-, I mentioned this to you, that the this sense of, like, they're slowly learning that there's two factions kind of doing something. Mm-hmm. And don't know who to trust and all that. And I think that all is, like, really peeling apart very well yeah. uh, in the comic. And I really like the art. Yeah, Cliff Chang is an, is an incredible artist. Uh, mm-hmm. I, lo- I love his work. I think where the show misses improves. Let's say let's do that first. I think where the show has a advantage that the comic didn't is the diversity, um, specifically like focusing on Aaron, focusing on the way Aaron is. I think that that has added something to the characters that is not as present in the comic. So all the I think all the
2: characters are translated pretty much one for one except Aaron. Aaron is definitely more conservative and like, and like passive being the way that she was raised mm-hmm. by her strict mother. Yes. Uh Which I think is a benefit to the show.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, and the, um the treatment of the new girl thing works a little more in the context of the show where she has not engaged a lot with neighbors because there is this like, there is this uh presupposition of who she is and, and what her, role is racist um, shit yeah like all the racist shit yeah and i and i appreciate that you also can have what I think the show's done well is having her and her stuff is very prominent. And there's also a black girl now on the show and her stuff and her awareness of racism is present and prominent, but it's not treated the same. Yeah. And it's not like, Oh, we both understand or we both are going through the same exact kind of thing. And it's not treated that way. KJ
2: is, 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 is more like her, her Jewish, uh, uh, religion is, is represented more in the show, which is really nice, which is really cool. And it really like, it really gives distinct personalities and like, and like, Visions of who all these characters are and backgrounds, yeah, and backgrounds, mm-hmm. yeah. That's
0: what I was looking for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. Um, for me, where the show, <laughs> it's one episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it races to the to the hook twist, which I understand that we get to at the end of the fifth issue, which is encountering future selves.
2: It was I was so surprised how how quickly and how far apart those things
0: happened. Yes, in the show and comic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I think it's racing to that, and in racing to that, I think we lose that sense of like for me it's the moment it's the beat that's missed in the show that i really like in the comic which is when they encounter one of the white coated guys mm-hmm. from the future after they've encountered the other people yeah, yeah. so you you are meant to suppose those guys are bad guys the white coated people are the good people yes um even you know even as you have watched them also destroy other kids um but there's something like oh you know oh he takes the translator out and he's like ah oh, locals you must not uh, Uh, this must be so bewildering to you i feel for you and the kids have no information then the other kids show up kill him and they're like oh my god he was gonna help us like what are you doing and there's that distrust that they have to get over you lose that vibe totally with the show and uh the, the the way they pulled that apart piece by piece i thought was really good in the comic and i think you lost some of that dynamic in the show yeah i agree and um the the sense of like technology and and just awareness superiority that exists between the, the older white-coated folks and the kids from the other time because the kids are speaking something they can't understand at all and they need to take the translator to talk to the girls. I And yeah, yeah. the other ones are speaking something you can kind of understand a little. You, yeah. cu- you get the idea of what they're saying, but the translator makes it clearer. I absolutely love In the Comic, and I hope
2: it shows up in a show because episode two they kind of get rid of it, but the people from the future, they talk in like, in like slang Shakespearean. Yeah. And I love reading it because you, if you read it, you can understand what they're saying. Almost like if you, when you're reading Shakespeare, you're like, this isn't the same vocabulary, but I'm getting what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was so fun. Then, like, combining words, saying, for, for A-R-E, like, we're going to, or, like, are you going somewhere? It's just a letter R. Yeah. Or, like, A, hey, what up? And I'm like, I, I love Future Slang. I think it's such a cool idea that is not in the show, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Episode 2 features a lot more of the white-coated villains. But, unfortunately, this isn't as well. Like, they're just kind of generic. Like, we're here to to stop these guys. Like, there's there's not a lot of personality with the main villain, which is such a bummer. Um, It looks like the thing that I... I don't think it's a negative on the show because you're adapting it, right? But going from the comic book, uh, where it's very big in scale, you got dinosaurs, you got mutants, you got all this shit. Got big eyeballs. You got big eyeball, got big eyeball like uh Be- beholders from Dungeons and Dragons, that's all gone. It is it is a considerably smaller show. Um, which again is not a bad thing. Um, the thing that I that I am really positive on is the character stuff. Cause in episode two, uh at the ep- episode one, uh, we meet older Aaron. Episode two, it's mostly Older Aaron talking to younger Aaron, mm. and there's written by Christopher Cantwell. God, love him. Um, the the character stuff in the show is exceptional. The between the main characters, the villain stuff's kind of generic, which is unfortunate. But the the main character stuff, I think, is great, and I think all the characters are really well represented,
0: even more so than the comic. Mm. Brandon, welcome back. Uh, Hi. Let's
1: hear let's hear some takes. Uh, no, so, sorry, I was not feeling good. No, I it's okay, it. dude. You're you're dealing with stuff. It's okay. Uh, how many episodes did you guys get through? One, two, two, <laughs> three. Great! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I am kind of indifferent on both. On both? On both Ooh. the comic and the show. Interesting. I, all right, uh, let's start I, with comic. I, well, I I read. So I read the first volume, is the first five issues, right? Yes, yes correct. Yeah, so I read, I read all that and. Um, I like it. I gotta, I gotta know where I, I don't know how I feel about it unless I keep going with it. Sure. Mm. It's not necessarily like a, I dislike it or I like it kind of thing. It's just kind of like a, I'm intrigued by what the story is progressing, but I need to know more before I know whether or not I like it. And I had the same problem I'm doing with the show. Now the show, you're right, Ryan is, <clears throat> much smaller scale the third the third episode doesn't change that except the third episode teases something huge and i i do want to watch the fourth episode to see if that's the one that gets me like hooked but so far i'm not i I, i'm i just kind of i need to get through what both stories are telling me in order to know whether or not i'm enjoying them
2: that's that's
0: that's fair i guess yeah while you were away i told ryan that um for me I feel like the first episode rushed to get to the older version
3: yeah.
0: uh, for the hook at the end of the episode, and we breezed past a lot of the like confusion that I really like in those first five issues of the comic yeah, yeah. between the two factions and like what's going on. Specifically, I highlighted the moment where they encounter uh, the the guy with the translator, mm-hmm. and he says he's going to help, and then they take him out, and then they're like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Um, and I think we just clipped through that a little because too quickly. The... I liked. I liked living in the disorientation of the girls figuring it out. Yeah, yeah.
1: The first volume ends with them meeting older Aaron. Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right, and I think the book does give you a bit of, a, more of a sense of what the pink sky is supposed to represent, whereas the show doesn't.
0: I liked. I told Ryan this too. Like, um, I'm a little disappointed in the budget of the Paper Girl show, only in the sense that like. <sighs> Clouds are an easy thing to do, and you change the color. And like, uh, I liked the bright pink star sky, the cosmos. Um, I really enjoyed that. I thought it. I thought it kept everything in this sense of like kind of still night. And in the show, it just feels like a pink wash uh, to me, and yeah. and it loses some of its, some of its spectacle for the girls and the the implication of this like eternal night that it yeah. feels like
1: they're living through. Um there's an under, there's a there's a there's an understanding problem that I have. <clears throat> this is a personal thing, not not anything on the story. Um where I don't really understand what the point of what's happening in 1989 is in the comic or or frankly the show, but the show they rush you so far so quickly out of it. It, you know, I, I don't even have this. I don't even have the, have the opportunity to be confused about it. But the the comic, you know, people they're erasing people in 1989. They're just like, oh, you're gone. Oh, you're gone. Oh, we're just here. What? Like, I don't know what they're. I, I'm confused as to what they're doing. I, mean, I know that's the point. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's a negative on the story. Sure. Um, and then there's um. There there is something that, however, I liked about it that I missed in the show which was that we th- we the white the, the the white-coated people who we know are villains in the show right away we don't know our villains in the, in the comic
2: yeah yeah that's that's the thing we're like there
1: there are two aspects
2: of the comic i love it is the kids and then it's all a crazy future shit which includes mm-hmm. dinosaurs the apple the old man grandpa leader like teenagers are the enemy the show is only giving me one part of that it's the villain stuff is not, it's not that it's not working for me. It's just, it's so generic. It's just really generic. And it's just like, hey, we're the bad guys. We know we're the bad guys in episode two. Um, The thing that, that really bums me out is, uh, and you can just tell me, uh, Brandon, because uh, like, it's not going to be a big spoiler, but like the thing that I love about the first volume of the comic is we spend a lot of time with the mutant. The mutants, the mutant mm-hmm. teenagers, and my favorite line in the entire volume, and I tweeted it, but I thought it was so funny. It's like it's the old timers; they're gonna ground us. Holy shit, we're gonna have to break curfew. It's like their life and death situation is is talking as teenagers. Yeah, and there is none of that <laughs> shit in the show at all. Um, um, and I don't know if, if they show up at all in episode three. Like they kind of die in episode one. So
1: no, they 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 replace a lot of that exposition with a new character. Who is probably in the comic but we don't meet him in the fi- later in the first on volume. uh we don't meet him in the first volume but in this in the third episode he basically do you want me to tell you what they what the exposition is in the third episode no okay i just want to know if the um, for coming back that's all i cared about no and also like they don't even they're you know we don't even get a we get a fairly good look at the the teenagers they're they're not as deformed as they are in the when, comic. When you, no.
0: Just to bring it up, like I think they do a really good job in the comic with um when Max sees them for the first time. And mm. it kind of Mac has been the tough one yeah. up until that point. And in the show it's a blink and you miss it, and honestly, it's not even that good of a look at their face you, when yeah. Mac has the reaction. Yeah, and so like, what was up with their face? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see, see anything wrong. Yeah, um, it was it was very quickly shot. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't well executed in its delivery of like their encounter with them and how that affected Mac. And mm-hmm. like so, thus Mac's unraveling. Max, the actor for Mac, I felt had some of the weakest moments, maybe because they're the most stereotypical, they have to be on a certain level, but like, it's something in the performance is not
1: always working for me. Yeah, I um, agree with that. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Max performance that I really don't like. I think but... all three of the other girl,
0: female, young girl actors are very good.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I really like KJ in the show already in episode one. i just, I just really like her. I think she's doing a great job. Mm-hmm
1: yeah I really like KJ as well one of the things I wanted I want I've been trying to say to so remember um is the uh, go back to the 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 we think that the bad guys are the good guys we're not sure who the bad guys are in the in the yeah. volume at first is and one of the things that I really liked about that is that the first person that they meet who talks to them from the future uh says, oh you're just kids we're gonna help you you'll we're gonna fix your friend up. Don't yeah. worry about well, this will this will be okay. Uh and he seems sincere about it. Like he's like, mm-hmm. we wanna be you know, he translates it as like we're you're gonna be okay. We're gonna we're gonna make this better for you. Um and I, I missed that in the show. Yeah.
2: Um it sounds like continuing on from episode two to episode three, the villain stuff doesn't really get any better, which is a bummer like lesser. there's not a lot of it in episode three. That's so crazy to me because like that is what's so fun about the comic. It's you have these you have these adults speaking slang writing dinosaurs. Like I'm not as, I'm like again like we
1: do get a reference that they feed people to dinosaurs but we don't see that. Okay, them. that's fair. That's fine. I, okay. I think with I think with the Paper Girls show being a show,
0: I wish that the incremental steps of the girls going through things felt a little cleaner than it does in the first episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just of like them bonding through moments, and also I really want to highlight it. I only watched one episode, so I'm only going to focus on certain things. But I don't like the change that Mac is not wrestling with her stepmom for the gun. Yeah, I, I think this. I think Mac just having the gun, and then the other girl yeah, coming yeah. in, and that making it go off. And also that part is shot really poorly because that gun is nowhere near pointed down this way. It's up. It definitely was uh, when it goes off. Um, that didn't execute well to me um
1: i like it far better in the comic where she's try- she's afraid the stepmom's gonna do something gonna shoot most herself most of the changes that the that the show makes the comic i'm pretty indifferent to i think that they're fine in both adaptations the gun one is is, is one that i uh that i feel that way for there is a change though i, w- I want to highlight that i really liked from the the comic to the show i actually really like how we spend time with the girls all four of them before we before they come together yeah um in the uh before they come together i really like the first episode up until the walkie-talkie gets stolen Mm -hmm. because that's where i think everything starts to like rush to the end yes yeah up until that point i think it's taking its time we're getting to know the girls better it's establishing who they are um there's 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 some good character beats um i think that that's all good stuff and i kind of wish we kept that pace going the entire first episode
2: i agree yeah i the thing uh yeah in episode two like they're definitely expanding on all the character stuff which is which is good because you know yeah tv show you have a lot more time to do that kind of stuff you're like right yeah you're fine um i think i already told him this so i can tell you this like i think the change to erin is is a much is better for the show i think she is a she's a more defined character being you know, being a a, a a Chinese child raised in mm-hmm. 80s America where like her parents are very strict, like she's very sheltered from the world. I think that's a better character than not that the comic's bad, but the, the, the character in the comics kind of like, wow, isn't this neat? Wow, this is cool. Like she's kind of yeah. like a generic girl as opposed to the rest of the crew who
1: are more defined.
2: So I yeah. really like the show. There are so much more defined as people.
1: I agree with that completely. And I really like the interactions between her and her adult self yeah um they like all of them i thought the two of them acted act very well together um there's like can you imagine if your younger self came to you and was disappointed in you That is, i think is really great work
2: yeah so as as much as i lament like uh losing some of the bigger scale stuff in the show like again like at the end of the day i'm here for character stuff mm-hmm. so like having like a 10 minute scene where you're just like why why did I turn into such a jerk? Why am I so awful? Why Where are my four hit? kids?
1: Why Where am I are my not a kids lawyer?
2: And my husband. And why aren't we friends with my sister? And older Aaron's like, Life isn't how you think it's gonna be. And she's like, I'm gonna grow up to never be you. Like, bitch, you are me. You can't help it. Like, that is so that is so juicy. And if that happens throughout the entire show, then I will be happy with it.
1: Losing the dinosaur stuff. Is episode three the mole scene? I don't I I only watched two, so I don't know. Sorry, is episode two of the mole scene? The, ugh, I, don't I don't think, think so. i'm all seen an episode to the never mind. No, no, we'll no. Talk about it i'll you know i'll talk briefly there's there's going back to because because like i think all the girls are great but there's a lot in episode three that really frustrated me about mac and mac has such a chip on her shoulder mm-hmm. um that everything everything that's happening there's there's a sense of like i get the impression that there is that there is character development in the writing for mac but it's not. No, you know what? I'll reverse that. I get the sense that there's character development. Like the actress wants to develop the character, but in the writing, they just want to keep that chip on her shoulder as long as possible, stubborn as yeah, yeah. go. that just keeps and it keeps rearing its ugly head at the. At, I I don't think the a good point from the script.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um.
1: And that's that's something that frustrated me for the all three episodes.
2: I I definitely <clears throat> I'm probably. Uh, uh uh the hottest on that's a weird thing to say I think Mac like I don't have as much problem with Mac as y'all but I am I am starting to notice if it continues like there is she's not going through an arc yet she's just being an asshole just to be an asshole and like we don't we're not getting enough from the comics like the comics showed us like why why Mac is the way why, the way she is like I don't think we're getting enough of that in the show yet so I'm hoping by episodes three four five that she'll start to have an arc because otherwise just her
1: being an asshole the entire time will will start to even drain on me there was another there was another change to the well it's not really a change we it's such a blink and you miss it that that Aaron has a, has a sister um she's not really I, oh yeah is, in yeah. the show yeah in the show and so like in the second episode when she's just like oh Missy's probably home I'm like who the hell is Missy yeah yeah Why I did had we talking heard... about this woman named Missy
2: yeah i had to it was, remember uh... from the comic like that she had a sister
1: yeah
0: cuz they don't they don't execute on that well in the show and it was weird to me that we did the Ronald Reagan dream, but not the dream that involved Missy.
1: Yeah, I was surprised about that too. In the oh, show, God, the the
0: oh, like the 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 Tree of Knowledge, the that spooky opening scene. Yeah, 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 which I think is great. Yeah, yeah, um, and it and it like informs on something about Aaron very quickly. Um, whereas in the show, like the Ronald Reagan dream feels just a little odd. If if
2: it happens really early, as opposed to like the comic, and mm-hmm. I feel like we should have probably. I think they did it so early just so you know, like, hey, this is the '80s. Make sure you know it's the '80s. And I'm like, eh, okay, no, I get it. Yeah, you made it clear it's the '80s. Uh, I've seen
1: Stranger Things. Also, I like the I liked how the the teenagers died better in the comic. Sure, that's oh, a yeah, really th- cool way to go. Yeah,
2: yeah I, uh, I, man, I, I really hope we get. It really feels like it's not going to happen. But like, I really am sad that there's not going to be any more of the mutant teenager stuff because like their whole thing of like. travelers do you even know what that means like Mm -hmm. I think that stuff is really cool and then like we're not we're not we kind of just found this ship and we're kind of just using it like we're not really like anyone special we're just trying to survive like I think that's awesome
0: I guess I guess my general overall impression of the show is that it feels like the cast is there but the budget isn't
2: yeah and it's so surprising because like the boys is like their biggest hit like and what I love about the script for the most part, it's almost like a direct adaptation of the comic. There are so many, especially I watched episode one, I read the five issues, and then I watched episode two. Uh and like there are so much direct, direct lines from so much from the comic. And I'm like, yeah. it is a well-written comic. Like I all the character stuff. Uh, Tiff being such a nerd about her 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 freaking 49.99 without tax and batteries.
0: Like, I, I love that. Um, something else I didn't like in the show, because I'm just like, this just doesn't visually make sense, is the translation for the teens, the mutant teens, is you're hearing it like it's coming through the translation. But they're talking they at one point. But visually, they're saying the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It mm-hmm. should have been dubbed. It should have been dubbed. They yeah. should have been saying some other nonsense. It, it didn't transforms their mouth. It didn't matter what. Like, they could have said whatever, and then transformed. It should be, like, translating them. But I see them. They're visually saying exactly what I'm hearing. It's a bummer, because, like, it's just like it's just like not thought about it's it's a very
2: sci-fi like with fantasy element type of show you know dinosaurs and like cool translations and stuff but like it's very just like no we're gonna be just science fiction we can't have anything outside the realm of that i'm like well
3: it's
2: and again like not every comic has to directly adapt but i feel like they're not including the things that that you should include like that made the comic so cool like that the, the entire villain stuff like that is half the reason i love that comic and it's just missing in the show which is just a bummer
1: it might show up later um i hope might, so there might be more of it later um especially with the old man yeah because yeah. Uh, i i have a hard time believing they wouldn't include that character i miss the slang though i really want the slang yeah i do wonder if they thought that, that might just be too hard for audiences to to grasp
2: it's a show about time travel though
1: you could do, do it i think i think even like i do think the slang stuff is fun i think
0: even without that just like if the teenagers at least didn't speak their language because like it felt like a a separation of knowledge and class mm-hmm. uh okay. with the teens and the the white coats to have them both speaking things the girls couldn't understand but in different ways and um i think you just you they they've peeled away so many of the elements of like how jarring and weird uh What's happening to them is
2: yeah, like um, they're allowing the mystery to happen, but everything that's like crazy surrounding it, they take it away. Yeah, just to focus on the what's happening with the future. I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot more than that, isn't there? Oh. I really oh, like. Oh, go ahead. I'll oh, go ahead. I was gonna say just um, in episode two, like this isn't a major spoiler. Like one of the like one of the villains is talking to with the teenager, and she's like, teenagers, you're all the same. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, that that kid looked like he's thirty. I don't know, he was a teenager. Um, it's just so, like, nonchalant, and they're just like, I'm evil to be evil. And I'm like, that's,
1: like, boring. It's kind of boring. Uh, there's an explanation to what is happening that's very tenant, I'll say. I like vibes. Um, and I, uh, I'm intrigued by it, but uh, it, 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 it does kind of make everything seem a little less, uh, whims, like, Com- comic, you know, comic, yeah, yeah. Like it it's so grounded sci-fi, whereas the comic is so bold sci-fi. Yes, 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 yes. But am I oh you just broke up. Now, now, go. now you're back. Oh I'm 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 back. Yep. Okay. Um there there's something at the end of episode three that I do hope kind of means that they're going to go for a more bonkers sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um I hope, anyway.
2: I, I I did an early, not an early. Well, I read a review of the whole season on on a website, and it sounds like the entire show
1: is kind of grounded, and that's. But you uh, know what? If the character stuff is good, I'll be there for grounded. Oh yeah. Um, I just, the I just need the the stuff that you're grounding also needs to be good. Yes. Right. It just needs to be good in a different way. Because and we, I, we no, talk about a lot about how adaptations adaptations don't have to be one-to-one but the thing that they're changing also has to be a good thing yeah it has to be a good change not a bad change and and at this point like we talk about how the villains aren't the villains aren't a good change at this point in the show that we're at but they could become one and so that's something that i'm curious to see so if it's if it doesn't get more outlandish sci-fi as long as that becomes a positive for the show for the medium of this TV show, then I'll still be okay with it.
2: Oh yeah. I'm still like, I'm definitely going to finish, finish watching this season. Cause like, I think the, the our, our quartet uh, of, of young actresses are e- e- really fun. Like I really enjoy watching them. Even, even when Mac is being a little too much, like I, uh, spitting image of, of Edward Furlong from Terminator 2, by the oh, way. Oh my God. I thought that too. I was like, is this, is this, her, is this his kid or something? What's going on? Um, big T2 energy. Um, yeah, that's good I'm, like, I like these kids a lot it's just like if the villain is going to be this consistently like mediocre it's going to be hard
0: for me to to care all the way to the end uh so i hope it gets better do you think they do the whole comic in this season because it's only 30 issues and they've already blown past the first five i
2: do we have that i know they haven't announced a second season have they said this is a one season thing or is it just
0: here's first it's just season called one. paper girl season One. okay i i have a feeling because the other thing is like i don't see how you could get More than three, but arguably two, because you gotta get on it, and while these girls are young, because it's all supposed to happen in like
1: one night. Yeah,
0: hell night, hell day,
1: hell day. Well, because like, um, oh yeah, because they'd have to go back eventually, right? Yeah. Um, I really like how they adapt KJ to Mm -hmm. to the show. Um, she's I think a standout. Um, I think there's a in the first episode I noticed that, uh. She might actually have like feelings from Mac. Oh, for sure. Oh, um, yeah. Which, because you all caught up, picked up on that, it does get more explicit, and I'm glad to see that, that that that's a that that's something they really that you know she's Jewish, possibly queer. Like I think that I think I think all the changes that they made to her are a net positive to the to the to the show because in the comic, she's the three of them like Tiff, Mac, and and KJ are very much all of the same, like, we're going to, we're, we, we attack they people where... They are a team the, already. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, I thought that was, it was both a good and not a great choice with the show, I think, to have them all not know each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um Because in the comic, like, Aaron's the only new one. Um, mm-hmm. I think that kind of benefited them, but it also makes the, like, how they fit together a little murky mm-hmm. um just because of how quickly they're forced to go through it in the show context um mm-hmm. i i can get with it uh i just question some of that change like i think like mac and kj could have known each other better at least if not all three of them could have known each other before that night
2: well i mean like they they all are like oh you're the girl from this road so like they all
0: are aware of each other right but i mean in the comics like they they do this they know each other oh, they yeah, do yeah. this and aaron is the new yeah the new friend yeah um that that being said like it it's i think it's fine for for what the show's doing um yeah i i think diversity in general the diverse changes that they made for the show have benefited all of the characters yeah uh you, you you went to the bathroom but like uh, uh in episode 2 there
2: is like it, it's a very like it's just older Aaron and younger Aaron's talking for like an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And that is my favorite from the two episodes. That is my favorite thing that I've seen from the first two episodes. Good. So like, if I, I agree, Brandon, like if, if it is a more grounded show, but all the character stuff still takes me through all the way, then i I'm, I'm going to really enjoy it. Yeah. I just, I want the other half of
0: the show to also meet it there. Right. Yeah. I get you. I'm I'm intrigued to watch more. I'm more intrigued to read more. I'm definitely um, going to continue. I probably it. won't for a while because I have all the books. I bought them when Comic Madness was doing their big pandemic sale Hell yeah. when we first locked in. Um, and they're like, we need to sell a lot of books to stay in business. And I'm like, great. Oh, you got all Paper Girls for real cheap? All Paper Girls. Um, But that's in storage. Yeah. So I'm probably going to read it later this year because mm-hmm. uh, I'm just going to wait and go through my books. Um, but the show, we'll see. I, I might keep on that right now. i go to the bathroom
1: it's yeah, that time I'm, for everybody. Oh, coffee time. I uh I might I think I'm going to I'm probably going to finish the show. I don't don't have a lot going on here shit this week, so probably just going to be like yeah, you know, I've got covid, finish yeah. the show. And there there's quick episodes too. Like the episodes are barely 40 minutes long. Right. That's a so, good point. I was really surprised by that actually. Um how short the season is. Yeah. Um I also noticed that Amazon you know you know, we talked a little bit on a Comic Con episode about like, you know, Amazon's putting out some pretty good stuff. Um, we really like The Boys, Invincible. I really like Marvel's Miss Maisel. Um, they're they they got the League of Their Own, which I think looks really good coming coming soon, Lord of the Rings. Um I think what they and like the, and then Invincible wasn't released all at once. It was released weekly. And I wonder if that's because they had more faith in Invincible than they did Paper Girls.
0: Uh, yeah, I was going to say that I feel like Amazon kind of just buried this show. Like Yeah, but they also released all
1: of The Boys when it first came out
0: all at once. That's true, but like the marketing around The Boys was pretty hot. Yeah. And this feels like we've watched it because of the show, but I don't feel like I've seen a lot of it. Like now mm-hmm. that it's out, sure, uh, it's the top one of the top recommended things for me to watch in my... Q, because i have amazon prime but i'm like the ramp up to this was not big no it wasn't um i was surprised by that it feels like it feels honestly i don't expect a second season so i kind of hope they did the whole story in one because it feels like they don't expect to continue anything past this frankly just the way that they've offered the material to us
1: well I I'll know this I was saying that I
0: I feel like Amazon's uh, marketing push for the show kind of just like dropped it without really making a heavy push for people to watch it. <sighs> yeah, like yeah. I don't think they have a lot of faith in it.
2: Uh yeah, and like I don't I don't think it's a bad show whatsoever. I think it's pretty good, but like definitely after watching The Boys, and I'm like,
1: oh, you know, that's kind of you got could give it a couple million more dollars, I bet. And, you know, it's not even like because The Boys was pretty cheap when it first came out. Not like not like this cheap, but like you know, it didn't have the budget it has now. Um, and so there, there's a sense of like you can do more, you can do more with less. Yeah. I perhaps they're just not using that budget the way they probably should, probably should have. Those clouds don't look very good. That mm-hmm. really takes they're, you out of it. Yeah. Basically,
0: that really I takes could make it. it. I could make just... that sky. <laughs> I've made that sky. Let's be honest. I've made that sky. <laughs> Brian had seen it. <laughs> I, uh,
2: I, I would get like I know we never like rate shows where we do this, but like I, I feel this is like a good like like seven point five around eight range. Like it's pretty good. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's not hitting as hard as I wish it did because like, it's especially coming right from the comic. Yeah. Um, but I think like if you're just like a general per like a general audience person, because again, ninety nine percent of people who are gonna watch the show will not read. The will comic. not read the comic. So yeah. like I think I think I think it, there is enough there for the average person to really enjoy. But I still think just the villain stuff is like. They're not doing anything special with it when, when it originally was really special. Like it's re- those comic villains are really cool, Um, and it's just like, it just feels like oh we're just bad guys. And I
0: hope, I hope it it transcends that in the later episodes. I think I think just like the main comp that you would make is like with Stranger Things, and it doesn't hit Stranger Things level. Oh no, in its execution, not at the all, show.
2: not at all. Um, my guy, because I remember Christopher Cantwell was the showrunner for the show, and then he dropped out of it. For creative reasons, but he still did write a bunch of the episodes, and he's executive producer, so his hands are in it, but not all the way in it. And I'm like, most oh, of the um, of what happened, Chris?
1: Most of the directors and writers are women, which is cool. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because um, they uh, uh the show run- the current showrunner talked about how she wanted to give like uh, this coming of age sci fi show to girls, and I think that's there's some value in that. Absolutely. um I know Zara blew through the entire season already. Nice. Uh, she loved it. Cool. So I, I think it is, it, it is hitting, uh, perhaps it's hitting the target demographic the way it, the way it's meant to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't say, I can't say for sure.
2: Yeah, I, and I think even if I, if I watch this on its own without the comic, I still would feel the villains are a little lacking. But like, man, th- that those, those girls are, are so talented.
0: Like they're, mm-hmm.
2: they're the and reason I, to watch the show for sure.
0: I think, I think even if I watch the show this first episode without the context of the comic i still would have felt like it was rushing that first episode yeah yeah um, I but
1: i'm be. but i'm intrigued to, i'm intrigued to watch more i don't think it's bad Yeah, no. yeah i mean like i said like i i have no quite honestly i have no strong opinions about either the book the comic or the or the show it just kind of depends on like which one am i going to keep going with because it's it, both have intrigued me to keep going to like almost like a like a desire to formulate an opinion on this. Sure. Um yeah that's all I got. All right. Well that'll do. That'll do her. Anything else guys you want to bring up before we get out of here? No.
2: Um Cliff Chang is an incredible artist. Looking at that book
1: was a treat. Oh yeah. Hmm. Art in paper rolls is really good. Uh okay so next week Sandman Prey, bullet train, they, them, it's, it's prey. I can tell you right now, it's prey. Well, I was going to say, I was going to suggest we actually do Sandman. Uh Because if Ben isn't going to be on it, we could do Prey as a as a review special.
2: I I don't want to commit to watching a bunch of episodes of a TV show. <laughs> and you have like, with, wouldn't
1: it be. Wait, wait, wait. It wouldn't be a bunch of episodes. Don't say that. It'd probably be one. Okay. But that was a suggestion I was going to have. But if we'd rather do pray, it, it quite honestly, it doesn't matter to me. We can discuss this off the podcast. Um, all right, so stay tuned for that. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you, friends. If you like this video and you subscribe to this channel, you can get all sorts of uh, content on this channel such as Fake Nerds Watch which is our our uh, television show uh, uh, after show whatever. Um, she, it, new episodes of Strange Things, Strange New Worlds The Boys and Miss Marvel are up and new episodes of different shows will be coming soon, so stay tuned. Basement Arcade has a new episode of Mortal Kombat X Part 4. Um, penultimate I hear. Um... Based on a pause menu, did Kingdom Hearts with Alyssa Rocha. Um, That's a video game discussion series, Uh, all of which are linked below. um, And you can find them here as well as Fake Nerd Book Club and Animation Station. Again, if you like this video and you subscribe to our channel, check out our Patreon or a T Public if you'd like to support us financially. You can find all our our links on our website at uh, fakenerdpodcast.com, which is also linked below. Thank you to everyone who listens. We appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who watches us. Thank you Bye, to Mag. everyone. Oh, yes. Megan's in the chats. you are a real MVP. Take care, gang. Stay safe. Same to you, sir. Oh, I, I miss Mint Blyce. Hello. Hello. Goodbye. Um, uh, Thank you to everyone who watches The Rewind. Thank you to everyone who watches The Live Show. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci, who did all the music that you heard tonight, uh, today, and all the music for all of our shows. You can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards, sorry. Uh, or you can find his podcast suburban proctologist on itunes or facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official or instagram at subproc podcast thank you to mike patola mike patola uh, has an episode uh, in the description below just released a new uh print how to train your dragon and you can find him on instagram and tiktok on uh, at mike patola um grayson live in the chat as well it says thanks so much have a great rest of your day get well brandon thank you sir i hope so too because i miss my home um you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at fakener podcast, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BTMcClure McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for screen rant, Atomic Geekdom, and Kaidromamedia.com. Ryan. Hey, you could find me
2: in the multiverses arena at DJ Tony snark 616
0: Sparks. You can find me catching up with all the sharks on
1: Shark Week at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter. S P R K Z Witty. You find Ben Magnet, who is not here at Ben Magnet 27 on Instagram and Twitter, or is writing at Go Nintendo, Fusion Gaming Magazine, or there's a third one, right? Go Nintendo, Fusion, Fusion. and Old School Gamer Magazine. Old School Gamer. <clears throat> OSG. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to our channel. Until next time, see us, guys. Stay tuned.